<sighs> Welcome back to another luxurious episode of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, episode 118. <laughs> Very good, my friend. Over on that side of the table is our good friend, Chris Wiggins, and I'm your veritable host, Junk E. Turdman. <laughs> That's Welsh for come home, by the way. Um, Turdman, that means come home. Uh, anyway, listen... We're here. We're in the we're in the new studio, and uh, we're all, we're both alive, just barely. I'm just getting yeah. over a cold. I feel pretty good. And moving, moving's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> moving's hard uh, for me because um, my body was aching for for reasons of the uh, influenza variety. For Chris, uh, for reasons of the bike fluenza variety. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tonight we're gonna have, I hope, a challenge. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have a challenge. We're going to have a call-in guest and we're going to go ahead and uh tell you what happened this past weekend. Yay. All right. This is Creative Writing. <laughs> So, man, what uh, this weekend was packed. There was a lot of stuff going on from the, the Veggie Plate 3, which we've been talking about now for like three months, right? Yeah, Four for months. a while. So excited to have that finally go down. Uh, I'm was, excited for it to be over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and next year to start, right? Uh-huh. Um, last week on the show, we had some dead airwaves. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties. I, and I was really stoked. I wanted to hear. I was so excited to sit down and just like listen to someone else, like <laughs> like be the fly on the wall and listen. And uh, I was bummed. So I'm, I really want to hear what you had to say last week uh, that you, if it's still relevant this week. But uh, also... Um, there was a lot of stuff going on all weekend long and I think even into Monday. So, yeah. uh, yeah, big motorcycle week. Let's start out with the veggie plate. Um, how did that end up going? I saw some Instagram posts from you that, uh, did not look too savory, my friend. Yeah, it was painful for me to make it mildly. <laughs> uh, overall, no, it went really good. Um, really well. We had 20 some riders, some guys from NorCal. We even had an Oregon rider. Um, who just happened to be down. We had, uh, I had a, in my second heat, I had a rider crash in front of me. And then what the sportsters do commonly or sometimes, uh, when you low side them, when the mid control hits the ground, they like pivot on it. It like digs in the dirt yeah. and then the bike pivots. So, uh, I think I was cleared to miss him, but I don't know. It happened pretty quick. And I remember watching the rear wheel be on the right side of the bike and it swing around and like be right in front of me. So I just T-boned bottom of the bike. I went airborne over the bike. Um, Luckily that dude, I didn't hit him, but um, yeah, I, I had tacos for wheels and forks for dinner <laughs> right speaking of tacos this is gonna be a taco centric episode <laughs> so yes uh, uh it was it was disheartening to see the wheel like i can't believe it you you take such good care of your bike and then uh when i saw that i was like you must have been extremely bummed like it's it's i know that feeling when something happens and you realize you can't do anything about it but at the same time yeah. you're like why didn't i just like 
five seconds before like roll you know like you, you yeah you, yeah you try to go back in time and then you're like well there's nothing i've I like do. thought about it and i've i've watched a pretty crappy video of it um because people that don't have iphones can't figure out <laughs> i don't know they don't like you can't text a video from an android to an iphone they get like yeah. 1980s style but yep. um they go straight to 320 yeah pixely yeah <laughs> I, like i said in my head i think i was prepared to miss it and then all of a sudden the bike like <laughs> swung around itself and uh but yeah i the front wheel is toasted it pinched a hole through the tire through the bead of the tire and then into the rim so it's got a big old ding in the rim i might be able to hammer that out i'm not sure how aluminum is going to react yeah it's not like steel it doesn't like getting hammered back and then um my forks are done so my tire that was the second race on my tire and the bummer part the second race on my fork seals because i hate taking forks apart yeah yeah (laughs) so uh, the forks got bent in a little bit then too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, quite a bit. I, it didn't look like much on that picture, but I, I could see it, and I was like, "Well, yeah. in real life, if you they're in my truck, they're pretty oh, toast." <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it'll cost me less than five hundred bucks to fix, though. Yeah. Like, I need a tire and forks, and I'm cross my fingers, but I think the front wheel will get taken care of. Yeah, because sponsors. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> and, nice. And uh, I haven't asked for much from them, and they've. Uh, hooked up some other riders recently and i'm like hey so now that i need a wheel it's let's get on turn, this yeah. yeah it's my turn Damn. I, I haven't came asking but now i need it so um yeah i think uh i think trusty's gonna end up with some new wheels pretty soon rad but i can uh attest to the fact that the one time when i raced at the ivy league event in del mar the guy on a sport it was my first time ever too and a guy on the sportster crashed in front of me and he I thought I was going to miss him until the bike all of a sudden rotated around and all of yeah, a sudden yeah. he was, he, I, I wasn't going for him. And then all of a sudden I am and I hit yeah. him and they do, they wrote, they, they hit and, and spin if they don't go flopping. Yeah. It was a uh, partially the handicap start idea too. Mm. It, it definitely got me. Oh but, no. So was this right in the beginning? Yeah. It was oh, on the first shoot. lap still. We were coming oh, out of four and um, Andy Debrino was there. I stayed outside of Andy Debrino in one and two, and then he got me coming out of two at a rider kind of bobble, and then I caught him, and I was back inside of him or pulling inside of him, and uh, we were second and third. He was probably second. I was probably third, but I was on the inside, and then the first place guy just went down, oh, and bike no. spun around. And, Booyah. Yeah. Chris went launching. Yeah. How is the old uh, the hand and the uh, leg? The knee actually, like, when I go to – bend it tight it hurts and it stings if you hit it right so i don't know it's like stings it's weird (laughs) but it doesn't bother me to walk on it oh like so that's good like a crack or something maybe i don't know i hope not yeah yeah uh the shoulders are both still kind of weak but feeling better yeah and then my left wrist is toast but i hurt i hurt my left wrist once in a speedway crash and uh I never got it checked out because men don't go to doctors. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> my, I hurt my hand at, when I crashed at Barona. Yeah. And, and I yeah. knew it would quit hurting after a while, so yeah. I didn't bother checking it out. And now I'm like, It'll either quit hurting or I'll learn how to not turn <laughs> yeah. it that way. So, I shake hands like this now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, the left hand's pretty sore. Yeah. Other you, than that, do you the use bike? it for a lot of stuff at work or anything? I mean, you're probably not really. Right, yeah. So yeah. I'm right hand dominant, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But 
on Sunday we did the butcher hill climb and squeezing a clutch lever was hard. Yeah. And then I dropped my bike a couple times and uh, it was really, <laughs> oh, it was a really heavy bike to pick up with some injuries. Yeah. I, you know what? I saw, I was watching the videos that the ruts and that dirt looked super soft and I was thinking about how heavy a 400 oh, or something pound machine is and though your guys bikes yeah. are a little stripped down but they're still 400 something pounds through yeah. dirt you know yeah. <laughs> they did surprisingly well um and we were starting like the hill we were climbing like we started right at the bottom like legit hill climbers yeah, yeah. like no run up um there was one on the backside that was a little straighter and i never hit it because i'm kind of a scared and uh, <laughs> it was a gnarly hill and it even had a turn even in that it too. one yeah it was probably at least 30 degrees yeah it's pretty nuts. I think um, this all came about because they had a hill climb at the Winter X Games, and we were like, yeah, we can do that. Hooligan, though. Well, we can, we can hooligan do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They were like legit hill climbers on like stretched Harleys with in dirt bike frames and stuff. And like we kept seeing comments online like the Harleys got beat, the Harleys got beat. And it's like, no, it got beat by another Harley. But yeah. we were like, dude. We all have studs for our tires from going to Mama Tried and stuff. Like, we could have went up and, like, done it legit hooligan instead of whatever. Yeah. But so... I thought they did those on snow bikes, too. Is that not... No, the snow bikes were, were just there to... Okay. I don't know what they were there for. Because but. I didn't see... All, I don't have cable. I didn't see the, the X Games, but... Um, yeah, I, I I heard that. I saw that they were yeah. doing hill climbs. I wasn't sure. It was... Uh, I, we heard it's 18 degrees. What's a downhill ski ramp? Half pipe, um, not downhill ski, but half pipe. The half pipe is uh, forty two point seven yeah. minus three. Yeah, it's about. Uh, it's a good. It's at least a twenty six degrees. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but ours, like watching people climb it, it was stiff. Like watching steep, it was um, like watching people walk up it. You're like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. When you would stand up on it and you could like reach out and touch it, you're yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> this is steep. Well, it looks steep, and then the fact that it had a right hander halfway up it, I was like, that's like legit yeah. too. Like that, trying to give it f- enough like full throttle to even get up the hill, and then be like, yeah. shit, now I got to turn at full throttle. Like that looked gnarly. But it was super fun, and it was like it was a good time to like get out with everyone and just have fun and like not race and not yeah. not flat track too. Yeah. You know, as much as like. I said I'm kind of scared and I like flat track. Like it was it was also cool for me to be like out of my element. Yeah. And to have guys there that on the flat track I smoke and have them be faster than me or braver than me to climb <laughs> these hills. Um yeah, that looked, part was like humbling, you know? Yeah. And it it did look rad and it looked like fun. My friend, my neighbor, when I was a little kid, we lived on the at the bottom of this hill and uh every day he'd be trying it on his PW80 or whatever he had and I'd see him go up and he'd turn until one day he fucking made it up that thing. And then, of course, when we were, when he was a teenager, I, I had moved yeah. away, but he was probably blasting up that thing by then. But, yeah, it's not as easy as it looks just to go yeah. up a hill, plus on a hooligan bike, you know. Plus, like, if you don't make it, you got to turn that thing around. Yeah. And it's 500 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Or go off the side like that one guy did. I was like, dude, he... He was better off just like yeah. dirt biking through the bushes back at that point. You can't yeah. you can't pull that thing back up the hill. Yeah. Um, now, what happened? You you crashed. For people that don't have Instagram or any of that stuff, or maybe are just listening to us, um, what happened after Saturday night? You you obviously banged up 
oh, trusty yeah. Rusty, how'd you how'd you hill climb the next day and so, unless you were knocking forks with a wheel? Yeah, we looked at flipping the forks around and making it super choppered out. <laughs> that would have been rad. <laughs> and we couldn't get the axle to start and it just could have taken some fine adjustment, but um I stayed down in Corona at Butcher's house anyway. So Butcher's like, let's go to the shop. So we went to the shop. He like pulled the front end out of somewhere. <laughs> and um, my front end, even though I have our six forks, it's three quarter axle. So I have a uh, like an axle for three quarters. So we uh, we threw on a Sportster front end right. and a Sportster caliper and his master cylinder. And uh, so I had a full front brake set up. I, I know. That was the first time I ever seen your bikes with the front brake. And I was it had me cracking yeah. up. I was like, holy shit. I actually had made a, a mount this week, this last week, um, for my Street 750 caliper to fit on it. Oh, wow. And then on my R6 front end. And then, of course, the R6 front end was toast. Yeah. I know. R6 is luckily dime a dozen. I'm sure you... They're not... I've been looking. They're about 250 bucks for a decent set. Yeah. And uh, if you could have cho- if you could have flipped them around and then like hit a rock or something there, you might have <laughs> bent it back straight and <laughs> had it be perfect. But yeah, so that's rad. It's always good to have Butcher who's got like 3,000 bikes in his shop, oh, yeah. right? And so, just willing, we stayed at his shop until three in the morning. Yeah, that's rad. That's hooligan shit. I mean, yeah. that's why I love the hooligan stuff. And uh, I know even at the Hell on Wheels events and stuff like that, you go out there, if somebody crashes or something happens eight people run over and they're like dude here borrow i'm not using this borrow it or you know i if there's a swap meet too they'll be like oh shit i have this shit in my cell pile like come get it you know like (laughs) Uh i've seen it happen before so the racing community especially when your super grassroots comes together yep in times like that um as far as the hooligan hill climbers are you guys i know butcher had kind of said something like that before but i know that hell on wheels does their halloween hill climb is he gonna try and make an official like hooligan hill climb you think i don't know if he's gonna try and make an official one or not because this one was on private property yeah so you can't really have a race there i mean the dude was super cool and let us ride on his land we just all like signed a waiver but um you know i think if butcher were to do it at Glen helen there's bigger steeper hills yeah you know it's the hill climb itself for the hooligan bikes at hell on wheels is pretty easy yeah so it's uh it's not that big a deal, but yeah. and they're on the backside somewhere. I think there's like a huge, yeah, there's a lot bigger one yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You know, that reminds me too, when I, I, I went to watch the Catalina Grand Prix, God, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, I feel like now. And, it was um, almost. yeah, it was like, it was like 11 or 12 on it. Um, well it happened <clears throat> in, uh, I want to say 2008 or 2010 might have been nine or ten because <laughs> yeah. I, I lived out here when they did it okay yeah so yeah it's been I, I think it's going on a decade now since they did that um which is sad because i wish they'd do that again but they're one of the hills that they were doing the vintage bikes made it for the most part and then like on lap two some of the old dudes like couldn't you know because if guys that were riding in the vintage class were vintage dudes yeah, as well. yeah lap two a lot of them didn't make it so they had to reroute the course for the vintage guys kind of on the fly, I think they stopped them for like five, literally five minutes. Cause while they were on the whole backside of the island, they're like redoing the course real quick. Yeah. And it just happened to be where the pedestrians were walking. Well, now the pedestrian part is the, so the pedestrians had to go down that hill and the pro race was already done. So they didn't worry about it. And people were sliding. People couldn't walk down the hill that these bikes were riding up. So you can do some pretty gnarly yeah. shit on motorcycles that seems like impossible. Like it's, that's why it's scary too. Like riding yeah. up shit that steep. You're like, dude, if I cartwheel backwards right now, I'm fucking doomed. Yeah. 
So that's pretty rad. Legit and, hill climbs, dude. They got bike catchers and like right. ropes and craziness. You see some of that shit from Erzberg, and it almost looks like they're going at like eighty degrees. And there, yeah. there is a dude there to like grab it because if you go off, you're going down. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I've watched some pretty rad dirt bike videos of people doing. Is like, Erzberg the Red Bull? Yeah, 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 that's the one. I think that's the one too. It's like a big hill climb, and then it's got like a vertical lip at the top. Yeah, you're, you're coming out of a core, out of a rock quarry, yeah. so you're going up the side of that pit into the earth, basically. Yeah, so that that one's pretty nuts. And uh, to, to do shit like that on hooligan bikes, you know, like the, it was pretty steep, and um, it was beautiful out there too. By the way, normally the SoCal mountains are pretty. Uh, like hay, like dry and crusty, yeah, yeah. but it was nice. It was and pretty green. green. Yeah, um, the rain had helped it out. We were hoping the rain had made the dirt better, but it was the dirt itself was a little dry. Yeah, but after rocky. A, after a whole damn week of rain too, like it rained almost yeah. the whole week. I was stoked that the veggie plate, like Friday afternoon, cleared up, and I was yeah, like, oh was shit, good. it really happened. Yeah, it was really good. So I bet the dirt was tacky and. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of laps on it. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many people went down in that crash? You just, you uh, that guy just or? the guy that went down and myself, I think yeah. everyone else cleared it. Nice. And then we had a pretty big crash, the heat after mine, mm-hmm. a guy like high sided his bike going into four oh, and it tumbled, like broke his shock body in half. Dude. So he'll be, he'll be back soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the fun part about the hooligan bikes is for the most part, we all built them ourselves. Yeah. So it's like we know what it takes to fix them and we have parts and most of us tried to build them on the cheap too. Yeah. So it's like. And doing doing shit that you're, you know, you're going to break it. Yeah. Like I remember watching videos of Rusty Butcher jump hit, I guess it was a sporty. I was kind of thinking it was a Dyna. When he landed, the fucking shocks just shot off both sides. I mean, yeah. this is like way, this is like pretty early on. And when you do shit like that, you learn how to build it better next uh-huh. time, right? So yeah, yep. like this is uh this is good shit. Um, anything coming up uh, that the hooligans have planned? Not for SoCal hooligans specifically. No, yeah. we had a, a couple races in the works, or the dates got brought up, but they overlap with the pro races in um, Calistoga and Sacramento. Mm. So I was like, you know, I want to go watch some pro races. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to like, I don't know, I don't want to try and pull riders and. Especially like with Sacramento, I know RSD is doing an event Friday night. I don't want to try and pull riders back down Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of commuting. And, and even with Calistoga, it's like I just don't want to overlap. Yeah, I know. You know what? This season is gonna. It's already shaping up to be pretty. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a good season. I think we're. I, I was already excited to see. And it may just be because it was a TT as the opener, but three different manufacturers on the podium in both classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just stoked for that and for all this, the, you know, Rolling Sand stuff was picking up last year, like the hooligan stuff. The hooligan um, the racing is getting way more attention this year already on the radio. And yeah. Like on, well, even having, you know, having them down or them, I say them, I should say us, even though I didn't go. Having us down in Daytona was huge. Yeah. You know, I'm, and I'm not a very good TTer, and you know, you hit on the show last week. It's not that like I don't <laughs> necessarily like not like TTs. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, and for me as a writer, it's definitely not my thing. And even I was bummed that they didn't have the hooligans do the TT. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I was like, "Hey, it's a not a TT, and it's a short little like." The track. short track was cool, and it was cool that it was uneven too. It wasn't a like it was tighter in one end than yeah. the other. <clears throat> that would have been weird. It but was it was like an egg. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone's on the same track. 
But yeah, I know like the rider we sent, he would have loved to hit the jump. Yeah. But I don't think anyone was prepared and took a front brake. Even though his bike has a stock front end, he could have easily thrown a front brake on. Yeah. But no one really did. But I, I think that would be super cool to just have the hooligans do the TT. But I think they were worried about it being slower, like taking longer. But honestly, it's not going to be that much slower. You could knock a couple laps off, you know? like. Well, in one of the discussions that I heard... This is going to be controversial, and some people are going to be upset, and some people are going to agree, and some are going to disagree. Um, but the question was proposed that do I think AFT is scared the hooligans are going to take the spotlight away? Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Here's my point of view. First off, I'm going to say no. I don't think that'll happen, but I, I'm not saying they're not scared. And I'm. I don't think... I don't think they're even if that were to happen, I don't think they should worry about it. I think they should embrace it and and work with it and it'll help them out. But yeah, I mean I don't I don't think the hooligans want to take the spotlight away. But I think what we can do is help bring spotlight to what the pros are doing. Right, right. <clears throat> you know, and I, I think, you know, from my point of view, it's we all really respect what the pros do and what they have going on and how they how they do their stuff. Um, so for us, it's cool to be a part of. But it, it was interesting, like a point of view of like someone was like, I wonder if they were just scared that we were going to take their spotlight. And that's why we did the little short track. And I'm like, I don't think that would be the direct reason, but maybe it's like a yeah. consider, or maybe it's not a consideration, but maybe it's in the back of someone's mind. Yeah. Where they they don't realize they're thinking that, but they're like, oh, let's change these guys up a little bit so it's oh, different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can you can do that. You can unintentionally uh, you know, make a decision like that, yeah. like a be a prejudiced or something and but not realize yeah. it. You know, also uh there more times than not too, with with some of the weird decisions that get made in, in any sort of racing, it's always like a liability and insurance. Like when you when your ass is yeah. on the line, you're like, you don't think about it when you're a racer, you're like, Oh man, why can't we do that? And then like You know why the hooligans are not, haven't been on a mile yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh liability and insurance yeah. is my guess. If that was a question, if that was the question that got brought up, will we be taking the spotlight away? That means that the hooligans are gaining considerable uh, well, attention from the bubble. First side. thing you have to know is that question came from a hooligan. Oh, never mind. But it came from a guy that's relatively new in our sport and has a background in professional sports. Mm. So it it came from someone with a point of view that's interesting who has basically been in a very similar position again. I don't want to give too much info because I don't want to give can him we away. Just, can we just, it's Rowdy Roddy Piper. He has come out of uh, <laughs> come out of retirement from wrestling. wrestling and he's now um, yeah. doing hooligan so, tracking. Well, because like I said before, hooligans are the rest of the WWE of flat track. That's right. So Rowdy Roddy Piper was like, shit, I got this. He, he heard that show and was like, yep. listen, yep. listen, boys. Listen, let me show you how to do this. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Ripper uh, <laughs> coming to the track. <laughs> Um, I love that. So, you know, it's definitely an interesting perspective and it's something interesting to think about. And my point of view on that is whether we are, or we aren't is irrelevant. We need to work with, and we need to work with the pros. We want to work with the pros, but I think that right now we are big enough and popular enough that the pros need to work with us. Right. And, uh, and 
realize that the reason people kind of started watching flat tracking again is because it was fun. It wasn't all regulated. Yeah. And it, you know what I'm saying? Like it was. Yeah. Really I good. think, you know, I think that flat track was on an upsweep pro flat track, but I do think that the hooligans helped it because if you, how did a, in a, in a corporate Harley meeting, it was brought up and this to me, it sounds stupid, but if you sit back and think about it, it's not that stupid because so much stuff is done that way. Speed Merchant alone has more of a social media presence than every single professional flat track rider combined. Yeah. Or I want to say like everything in pro flat track combined, AFT, all that. Like I they, guarantee that like Rusty Butcher probably does too. Well, no. So that's just it. Butcher has more than Speed Merchant. So if Speed Merchant alone has more, yeah. when you over double it with Butcher and you not double it again, but you add another one of equal to it again with suicide machine. And then you throw in the Roland and his presence. And then you throw in like even noise isn't as big as the other ones, but still you throw in noise, you throw in unknown and Harley wheelies now. And it's, it's so much more of a social media presence. And then, you know, a point I brought up to someone last week, when was the last time AFT sold 9,000 tickets to a race? Yeah. Cause the last, uh, not the veggie plate. The, the last big race I did, it did. Yeah. It sold out the Milwaukee Bucks basketball arena. Rad. It was full. It's a four level like deal or four floors. Yeah, yeah. It was f- three and a half were full. Yeah. It was sold out. I don't know what that means because it, that's more than the Milwaukee Bucks. Get. It probably is. Yeah. It We're really sorry, probably Milwaukee is. Bucks. <laughs> so the Milwa- the Milwaukee I think that sucks. that is something to look for and to look at and to think about now and it's not like that event can pay pro riders to show up because you're helping them out get notoriety because it is an expensive venue to rent but that not to mention that it was also broadcast on how many thousands or millions of facebook live it it was in the millions of people that watched it on facebook live yeah when was the last time aft's done that you know harley's done it before and i can't recall aft doing that you know like yeah. aft i don't think has done that well, and when i say aft i mean even when it was ama yeah oh yeah i mean the last time i can think of them really packing out a stadium was the 80s 90s yeah and how many thousands of people can fit on the indy mile or and, the springfield mile yeah not you, nine the yeah when i saw the peoria tt a couple of years ago and there was a lot of people there i thought this is great because it hasn't been like that since like the but 80s to pack out the peoria tt is probably two thousand people yeah Costa Mesa Speedway is 4,000 people. Yeah. And that's grand. It's just a very small track, but that's grandstands all the way around and standing room only. Grandstands full. So it's it, the only time. There's that blowgun again. We're going to get. There it is. It went off. I had the safety on the blowgun. Someone's, so someone's going to get mad that I just made a gun control comment. <laughs> I think that. Uh, the hooligans have definitely made people stand up and take notice just because you can have a hooligan race come through town when there's no pro race coming through. Mm-hmm. You can have a local hooligan race. Like, it's really a lot cooler than, like, like we were saying at Paris, if you're going to run so- Southern California Flat Track Association, there's a lot of rules to follow. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of specs you got to do. And with your guys' class, 
you can't, you're not allowed to work out. You're supposed <laughs> to drink beer. And as long as you have a bike that's over like what a normal race, you're trying to lose weight on a, on yeah, a race right? bike. Right. And you guys are like, no, you have to be oh, yeah. the twin and you, you, no way you're chopping it down to 250 pounds. You know, we just were the, joking this weekend about like when we do big races that everyone has to check in at a bar at 2 AM. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like your phone has to say you're there. Like we have to like video call everyone at two in the morning and make sure you're closing yeah. these places out. They have to take a role at the bar. Yeah. Like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we definitely have some like guys that want to be hooligan, but they're not. Yeah, and I'm like, that's just lame. Like, hooligan racing is about going to a race hungover and right. sending it. How many lbs do you think I'd have to gain before I could be a- someone of your stature? That'd be a lot of red meat, man. <laughs> right. A lot of red meat. I've been, and a, a I've lot been, of dinner rolls and a lot of butter. I've been eating it, but I've been so sick that I just been losing it back <laughs> off. I'm, I'm trying to become a hooligan, but uh, I'm serious. Like, it, that's the, one of the coolest parts is that. You know, and to see guys like Brad Spencer, who look, he, he's going to kill me one of these days when I meet him. <laughs> but, you know, he looks like, uh, let's just say he looks like the opposite of what, if yeah. you've ever seen Brian Smith, like, yeah, Brian Smurf, uh, Smith, he is very short and uh, he's shorter than me. And for me to say that yeah. at three feet tall, that's, you know, uh, but yeah. yeah, Spencer's like, he, I mean, he's fit, dude. He rides his motorcycle all the time, but yeah. he's a, he's not a small, tiny dude. Um, he's going to kick, you know, and on ass. Saturday, um, this old man from, uh, up North, I mean, I say old man, he's 65 or 66. Oh, so he's young to me. Yeah. Right. He, um, got a bad start in the B main, but he's smooth, consistent, <laughs> worked his way up to the front of the B main, stayed on the track, started in the back of the A main and worked his way up through that one. And I think it, he got up to like fourth at one point yeah. and then faded back to like sixth or seventh, but just smooth yeah. and just riding it's it's pretty cool um and you know hooligan racing makes him i mean i found a picture of him that was like black and white racing nice. <laughs> you know i mean but it was so cool to see him like you know like hooligan stuff like kind of brought it back for him you know yeah. he enjoys his shit out That's of it right. there's so. like a picture of him lighting a fire under the boiler on the, on the motorcycle <laughs> the steam steam bike, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's definitely cool i mean that's definitely part of it um which is also weird because I think Harley, of course, wants to. They're trying to market to the like younger crowd. Yeah. So, but I think with what we're doing, it still is even with old dudes like that. Like, yeah. I mean, it gives me hope that if I start now, by the time I'm 200, I could, uh, <laughs> yeah. I definitely get on a Harley and still be relevant to mm-hmm. the hooligan class now. In the hooligan class. I mean, dude, I'm not super young, but I know you're pretty young still, though. I mean, you're yeah. you're pretty young. You're um, you're. Still in the first half of a century, barely. Yeah, exactly. When when you're talking to somebody who's two and a half centuries or two and a half uh, halves of a centuries, yeah, I'm a I'm an old meat. So talking about old meat. Hey everyone, this is Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. And when I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty, I like to listen to the Creative Writing podcast because the best way to fight pain is with pain. Hey, well, I sit around here all night and watch Ghost Rider 666 videos on YouTube. Why don't we get into, pause the show right now, get into a call in with our special guest. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, that music means one thing and one thing only is that uh, we got some special guests here on the line with us tonight. Uh... You guys, I, I hope I'm not keeping you up too late. I'm not 100% sure uh, where exactly you're coming from. 
So let's go around the room and, and why don't we first of all find out who is with us tonight? What group is this? Uh, so I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. Hey, everybody. We are the Milwaukee Rivets. So most of us are coming in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin tonight. Uh, if we're not traveling somewhere, but most of us, I think, are home. <laughs> but this is Narissa. What's going on, Narissa? I'm Danielle. How's it going, Danielle? <laughs> and Bridget. Hey, Bridget. <laughs> and Jeff. And Jesse? And Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Jen- Jennifer, where are you coming from? You sound the furthest away. Um, I'm I'm in Illinois area. Oh my god. So I'm full. Ooh. No. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing in Illinois, man? Uh just business. I just have a conference, so just just a one day or I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> back from the warm Illinois, the southern Illinois warmth to the uh, cold Wisconsin Arctic uh, <laughs> weather. <laughs> hey, it's getting, it's getting better in Wisconsin. I think we hit, like, what, 40s this week? Oh, my God. We had, like, a low of 40 last night, and I Heat felt wave. like I was going to freeze. Pretty much at, at 35 degrees is when we all start taking out our shorts and flip-flops. I know, I know. My <laughs> wife turned on the heater today because it wasn't sick. It was like 58 in the house. And I was like, honey, you realize this is like summertime in Wisconsin, right? Like, So, yeah, you guys are the Milwaukee Rivets. It's it's probably freezing up there right now. and um, But I have seen, you know, stalking everybody on Instagram, as people do these days, I have seen a few people out on bikes. Is it, in fact... Uh, snowing or is it is it actually clearing up? Does that does that uh, forty degrees mean that no snow is sticking on the ground? No, no <laughs> snow. It's actually raining, so it's getting rid of all that salt. Nice, yeah. Uh, I know this guy named Chris up there that calls that salt hate seasoning. <laughs> I thought that's a good, yeah, pretty appropriate. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the Milwaukee Rivets. What do you guys do, and how did you guys? run into each other i mean are you guys if you guys don't all live in milwaukee i'm wondering how you guys met up yeah um so most of us live in milwaukee it's, i think jennifer is just down in illinois right now for a job but we do have one girl who lives in madison wisconsin but that's only like an hour away from milwaukee so still pretty close and but, she used to uh, live in milwaukee yeah yeah so um there's nine of us total uh just a couple of us who met through riding around Milwaukee. I mean, we each kind of have our own story of how we found each other. But we we started riding, started hanging out, really formed this this bond, this friendship, and decided, you know, we we have a lot of things that we're passionate about and a lot of initiatives that we want to put our time and effort into and kind of decided that there's power in numbers. And uh, we just decided to formalize it, put a name to it, and and start rolling. Right. And uh, Jennifer and I actually met through our writing class. We actually took our writing class together, and that's how we met. And then a bunch of us met through social media. Hmm. So you guys aren't just like a writing club. You also decided to like take it a little bit further than that. Exactly. Right. That's cool. So, hey, let's go around the room. I want to chat. I want to see what you guys are riding real quick before we get into all the good, fun stuff you guys do. Um, Narissa, I, I, I think I know that you work. You maybe you work at Harley Davidson or something like that. Uh, a little birdie might have told yeah. me. Uh, okay. Do you do you ride a Harley? Are you one of the ones that pulls up into the uh, parking lot on like a Yamaha? 
<laughs> um, I guess it kind of depends on what day it is because I've got a couple bikes in the garage. But okay, um, it's funny because uh, we have bike parking out, out front, of course. But uh, if you roll up in something other than a Harley, you have to park a little bit further away from the door. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it kind of depends on how lazy I am that day. But um, I actually, uh, this Friday, in, in uh, pr- pretty soon here, I'm going to be picking up my new Sport Glide, which Ooh, I'm pretty yeah. pumped about. Yeah, those things look pretty yeah. nice. Um, yeah, and actually, I just sold my Ninja 500. That was my very first bike. So um, wow. it, it has seen its better days. I sold it to an old college buddy. He's going to turn it into a track bike. So perfect um, yeah nice. see it go but it was time yeah and she didn't mention got... that it was uh bright purple <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was the only color those ninja 500s came in was like bright purple i mean it's the best color <laughs> and I, i've got a, a 1973 cl 350 that um it's just kind of like my little city bopper that i, I cruise around milwaukee with nice um now who's next bridget i think i don't let's go in alphabetical order n b yeah that's right bridget um <laughs> what do you, I'm, not, I'm not very good at spelling makes sense to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i uh have been riding for five years now i got my license about a month after i also started working at harley i'm about a month or two short of my five-year anniversary so that's been fun uh I ride a 2015 Street Bob that I absolutely love. Nice. Um, yeah. Not too keen on trading that one in yet, but uh, right. I got that in my garage. And then <laughs> my fiance just started riding last summer, and he just bought a 1994 Sportsart 883. So that's been kind of fun to swap bikes with him. Yeah. What? Uh, what? Which kind of Sportster? I'm, I know it's an 883, but is it like the Hugger or is it like a little iron or what is it? It's the Hugger. Yeah, those were rad. I yeah, One of my favorite 883s. Original waffle print seat. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, those were awesome. I love the Huggers. Those were cool. Rad. And so you guys both work at Harley. That's pretty cool. Um, let's move on to who do we have next? Is Jen next? Sure. If we're going in alphabetical order. Yeah, if we're going in alphabetical order, <laughs> she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bridget, Jennifer. Yeah. I, I'm on Harley Rider, so I have a Honda VCX 1300. Um, and I've been riding for about five years as well. And like Danielle said, you know, we met during our motorcycle class. So that's kind of a fun beginning for us. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't don't work for Harley, but I'm a marketing director <laughs> in the distribution world. So um, Rad. that's about it. Yeah, cool. And yeah, those, uh, the, I mean, those VTX, those fit in. I mean, at least you don't look out of place to somebody that doesn't ride. You know, they're not like, hey, look, there's a sport bike and then a bunch of cruisers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's a fun bike. Oh, the, the rivets have sport bikes. Oh, nice. We do. <laughs> do you yeah, get... well, with Libby, she's, she's got a, a what, what does Libby ride? Does anybody remember? I should know this. I'm sorry, Libby. <laughs> it's a Yamaha. Is it like a R1 or something? Or an R six? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think she's got an R one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I hope you're yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she got it just not not too long ago. She used to have a Ninja as well, actually, and she got rid of that and pulled it for the R one. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, we're totally accepting of all bikes. 
for that, sure. That's it's, cool. It's all about riding. Who cares what you're riding? Yeah, really. I mean, you ride a tricycle, right? <laughs> and you guys would, wait, wait, are, is it, uh, if somebody rides a trike or a Can-Am, are they in the, or are they out? If they have tacos, to be determined. then we might be friends with them. <laughs> I'd be down to have a spider in the group. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, who, who's going to carry? If anybody out there listening has a sidecar, you are automatically in <laughs> Right. We oh, want yeah. Yep. Who, yeah, who's going to carry all the beer and tacos <laughs> if you don't have a spider or a sidecar in the group? That's a really exactly. good point. Yeah. I think, we I mostly we want to, a sidecar you know, to accommodate Frank, Narissa. We need Frank. Oh, Frank. Frank is our honorary mascot. Um, if you go on our Instagram, you might see a couple pictures of him. He's this 13-year-old pug that one of our friends has, and he just he just seems to, like, show up at all of our events. So nice. He's a total ladies' man. Nice. I'm glad you <laughs> didn't say he's a 13-year-old boy from Detroit who uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a ladies' man. <laughs> um, yeah, that's rad. It's always good to have a dog or a hog um, as a mascot. And who do we have left? Is is who am I missing? Dan is Danielle. Am I missing? Danielle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Danielle, what do you have? Um, I'm glad I went in alphabetical order too. I have. <laughs> I have a 2014 uh, Sportster XL 1200D mm-hmm. for the 72. Yeah. That she's currently working on modifying. Nice. Yeah, actually, that's where I was tonight. I was putting it back together because I leave in like a week and a half for um, a road trip and we're trailering the bikes to Kentucky, Georgia, and Florida. Nice. Yeah, what color did you get that so thing in? a little bit of riding. Um, it's in the denim black. Okay, because those things came in some pretty rad, like, funky colors for the 72s. Yeah, they did. And actually, I got I got kind of lucky. I wanted it pretty much completely stock, and it, and it is, um, besides the Vance and Hines exhaust, but for the most part, it's, it's so I wanted to modify it as much as possible myself. Um, but yeah, they did come in some pretty, some pretty uh, different colors. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. And uh, I wish Chris was here because he he works at Vance and Heinz. He'd probably know exactly uh, what pipes you're talking about. But um, yeah, he, he yeah, they're the street checks. Oh right, yeah, nice, nice. So you guys, um, yeah, you guys <laughs> do have a nice amalgamation of bikes then. And now that we know what you guys all ride, uh, what do you guys do? Like when you guys get together, you guys go beat up uh, other <laughs> other groups. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll edit that part out. <laughs> Just ride yeah, around. we're we're a total badass yeah. scary biker gang. You, you guys, I'm are pretty you, confident no. we're like the least intimidating biker gang you ever did meet. We help old ladies trip. across the street. <laughs> yeah, we went on a trip last summer just to like the wisconsin dells but narissa planned out this like four hour ride and it turned out to be one of the worst weather days of the entire summer <laughs> pouring rain the entire hailing like, and like complete downpour to the point where we had to pull over at one point because our the people that were like following us in their car had told us about some red conditions coming in on the radar. So we stopped for tacos and Jennifer got off on the sidewalk only to pull off her boot, dump it (laughs) upside down and basically dump out like a couple cups worth of water out of her (laughs) ride. 
Wow. And we did catch it all on video, so that was impressive. Classic. Uh, Yeah. It was so good. We we walked into this this super tiny taco joint, and I don't even know what city we were in. We were just trying to get out of the hail and the lightning, and we're just drenched, sopping wet. And (laughs) you could just see everybody's eyes got so wide when we walked in, and we're just like, oh, hey. Is, is it cool? And they had their just... air conditioning cranked on high. Oh, oh we were just stopping be, wet. Right. It was awful. Was it one of those summer rains? Is that why? Because it was kind of like it was like a little bit hot, and then but at the same time humid, and it just starts pouring down. Yep. Oh my exactly. god! Exactly. So you guys in walks. Out. Luckily, there was a hot tub at the end of the tunnel. Like we, <laughs> when we got to the campground, there was a hot tub, and we decided that we're never going camping again unless there's a hot tub. Yeah, for, <laughs> at the end of the ride, just in case something like that happens. I thought you were mm-hmm. going to say there was a hot tub at the end of the counter. Like you walk into this weird taco joint, and everyone's looking at it. there's a hot tub. I was like, "What? Where's this going?" And then when you said at the end of the tunnel, I was like, "Oh, it's a metaphor for later." There was a hot tub. I that was like, like the <laughs> ultimate Mexican restaurant. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys, That'd we be might a pretty creepy-ass to... Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ta- tacos and tubs. I don't think tubs. I want to go to that Mexican restaurant. Tito's Tacos <laughs> and Tub Emporium. Uh, You're out. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I have a quick, real quick question. What is with... Uh, Wisconsin and tacos. Everybody, everybody's obsessed with tacos up there. You guys are like the furthest from Mexico that I could think of, besides like New- tacos and beer. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? No, maybe that's why because we're so far away that we just feel totally deprived. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I can't walk like five blocks without running into like eight taco stands. You know, because it's like. Where I'm LA, I used to live in San Diego, which is like minutes from the border, but now I'm like a couple hours. And I mean, it's just so crazy. There's so many tacos here. I guess I take them for granted. You guys up there are like, yeah, I don't don't know what it is, but for sure, it seems like everyone's always out to get some tacos. I mean, mostly that in Bel Air is amazing, which is a Milwaukee staple. So you can't go wrong with Taco Tuesday at Bel Air. Man. Oh, yeah. Write this down. I'm going to come visit and, and see if they taste like real tacos. Cause that's the other thing I've gone to, I've met people from like New York and they're like, yeah, pizza in LA. It's not like real pizza, you know? And so I'm anx- anxious to taste a Wisconsin taco and see if it's a, uh, if it's if kind of like lost in translation, the further it goes north, it's like, wow. I feel like you can't really get a taco wrong, but then again, I, I feel like you I, can't either, but I've seen some of the stuff that the guys on the WIR top 10 bikes post and those, Definitely aren't tacos. Those are like dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are like uh, hellish creations of uh, a deprived mind. See, but that's the best thing about tacos is you can make it whatever the hell you want, and it's still going to be fantastic. Right. I guess <laughs> I'm still going to eat it. Yeah. Stuff stuff something in a tortilla, call it a taco, and you're done. There there might be some limits to that, but we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, I'd like a poutine, a poutine taco or a curd, a cheese curd taco, please. Oh, I'm pretty sure I've seen cheese curd tacos. Do, the, <laughs> do those exist? I'm pretty sure I've seen uh, them. Probably. Wow, they do now at Tito's. There's an empanada place near us that has a mac and cheese and cheese curd empanada. No way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man! You so, guys are into empanadas too. Yeah. Oh, man, that's nice. 
I feel like I'm at home just talking to you guys, you know? Like, I feel like... I, I just feel like Milwaukee's kind of like a foodie city. Like, I feel yeah. like we have some of everything. Yeah. I feel like there yeah, should be... Yeah, for uh, sure. And, uh... I feel like there should be, like, a beer factory up there. Yeah, one on every corner. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're called the Milwaukee they, Brewers for a reason. I would say that... <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, for sure, I think us just loving to eat as much as we do like we're not ashamed of it you know that that's actually something that we do a lot when we're riding is just like hey you know i'm hungry for some tacos let's go for a ride somewhere <laughs> you know yeah. so it just ends up like what it, you know we just we get a whole crew together and or like last summer we did a ride there's a place maybe an hour and a half south of us that they sell fried chicken and donuts so you know, what the hell, on a Sunday morning, let's go get some fried chicken and donuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a proven fact that you burn like twice as many, many calories riding a motorcycle as you do driving a car. And so you guys probably are yeah. in a calorie deficit by the time you get there. You, you need uh, as much chicken and donuts as you can get. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah. Hey, when I do, when I finally end up in Wisconsin, because I know one of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna end up there. I'm gonna go for some chicken and donuts for breakfast, and some cheese curd <laughs> tacos or whatever you guys were saying, or empanadas later for for dinner. Empanadas. Yeah. And a Bloody Mary with like a giant cheeseburger on top. Oh my god! Now you're speaking my language. And a chaser. <laughs> and a chaser. Yep. Wow. Yeah. A real Bloody Mary comes with a beer chaser, hmm. a shorty. Hmm. I'm liking. I'm liking Milwaukee. Yeah. See, everyone just needs to come visit us. Yeah. <laughs> do the uh, rivets do a curated food ride through the city? I mean, could you for if I uh, were to bring a group of one or two people? We'll set something <laughs> up. Yeah. Nice. I'm down. We we've talked about doing a, a taco truck ride. <laughs> from taco truck to taco <laughs> truck or riding up next to it and like yeah. one of you jumps off the back of the bike inside kicks the driver out and you guys hijack it <laughs> you guys are the rivets after all that would that would be some epic shit <laughs> <laughs> right. that's what i imagine when i think when i imagine you guys driving up but what really happens first you help the old lady across the street then you get all soaking wet and then you go chase taco trucks down we're, we're, yeah we're, that's that's pretty much yeah. Yeah. We're we're making you out to be crazy, but you guys actually do do some good stuff. Um speaking of speaking along those lines and uh not not talking any trash about the rivets anymore. Let's talk about the good stuff that you guys do. Uh what sort of stuff besides actually being just a really cool community with an awesome sound and mascot, a 13-year-old boy pug that follows <laughs> you guys around. Um what sort of stuff do you guys do up there uh like community-wise or event-wise? Danielle, you want you want to talk about the fundraiser sure. that we did last year? Sure, time? we can go into it. Um, so we, uh, our actual, our very first fundraiser was to help out the animals that were affected by the hurricanes. So we actually um, partnered with a local brewery that happens to be dog friendly, like they allow dogs inside the brewery. So we partnered with them and gathered up quite a few donated items from friends and people that we knew that either made items or donated gift cards or um i mean we had we had everything you could think of and we actually did a raffle 
and collected money for raffle tickets as well as um, collected donations. And we raised just over a thousand dollars. Nice. That's and awesome. all of it got donated to uh, the greater good. That's awesome. That's great. You know, I was mm-hmm. just I was just thinking about that because um, when stuff is in the news, it tends to be hard hitting and, and in the in your face, and people kind of forget about it. And those hurricanes were only were only what like uh, four? No, we're probably about six or seven months ago now. But I mean, if you look at mm-hmm. some some of the parts of like Louisiana that got hit back in two thousand five, they're still. I mean, ten years later, fifteen years later, they're still never recovered you know so i mean it's and and the amount of the amount of rain that came down this time in like three or four different places it was incredible so that's awesome that you guys are are helping out and um you know the people still probably need it and and appreciate it so that's that's really cool yeah Yeah, and it's something we're all passionate about i mean we all um are passionate about animals um i mean i work at a horse rescue on the weekends and that's something i'm passionate about but every single member of the group bridget volunteers at the humane society every weekend so it was something we were we all knew that we would all be in for and all want to throw our you know throw ourselves into and to help out whatever way we could yeah that's really that's awesome yeah, i was gonna say like in addition to like that big event like part of the reason we wanted to like give ourselves a name and make it a group was because like we all as individuals, like for the most part are like involved in different community organizations, whether it be like through volunteering or just through like charitable giving or just through going to events to support like cool charities. So it's been a lot easier for us to like rally around some of those concepts together as a group. Like I am on the board of directors for an organization called girls on the run and Danielle and another one of our girls, Ashley, came and volunteered at our 5K in the fall. And we just, like, have a good time supporting each other, going out to see Danielle at the rescue. I know a bunch of the girls have gone out and visited her there. So it's just been kind of a group thing to pull together and support the different things in our community that we're all passionate about. Awesome. Yeah. And is that the the name Milwaukee Rivets, is that uh kind of where that comes from is that rivets hold stuff together you know or is that is that have anything to do with it am i totally off yeah no you you nailed it on the head i Uh, mean it's it's a fastener you know and we kind of we went we went around and around with the names um and eventually it was kind of like let's just settle on something but i think we've all like really grown to love the name um, and I mean, Narissa can explain it a little bit more. She's usually better at that, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's just, we all come from completely different backgrounds. We all have, you know, different bikes, different personalities and yeah, we all just fit together and we, we really try to concentrate on friendship first and, you know, riding second. So we do things outside of just riding. Yeah, that's cool. And and the name I I like the name too because I kind of thought like working in Milwaukee you know steel you know steel mills and and fabrication and Harley Davidson and just you know Rosie the Riveter you know I thought that was uh, mm-hmm. an awesome yeah thing that's too. what I was gonna say that's kind of was the last piece of it so the name like for me I kind of came up with the name and pitched the name to the group as because like Rosie the Riveter I feel like is just this strong iconic woman and i felt like that's what the group meant to me and what it we meant to each other so like i mean your synopsis is exactly exactly what we intended as the name to come off as awesome 
we we really didn't know what people were going to think of it. Like everybody can take a name in a positive or a negative light. So just to hear you basically give the synopsis of what our name meant to us without us having to explain it. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. No. And, and I, you know, I, that was what it was to me was like, a representation of, you know, the strong ladies that used to, for some reason, I feel like in the seventies for as much like free love and all that stuff, the sixties were like in the seventies and eighties, I feel like stuff went backwards. Cause my grandma in the forties, I guess, or yeah, I guess in the forties, she was a riveter, uh, during world war two. And like, she, awesome. yeah, she used to do all sorts of stuff and nobody would ever tell, either of my grandmas that grew, you know, what to do. They were like the bosses, you know, and then it's like during the 70s, for some reason, I feel like this whole weird thing got, went backwards a little bit. And then I feel like women have recently had to like reinvent or reprove for some strange reason how awesome they are, you know? So it's like, eh, just go watch a movie from the 40s where where the uh, they don't take no, no bullshit from nobody. And uh, <laughs> you don't have to prove a thing, you know? <laughs> But that's rad that, I mean, that, that, when you said that, it it threw me back to those days where like, yeah, I mean, like ladies did a lot back then and, and, uh, didn't, didn't ask anybody, um, if they could. And then just, you know, people, there was a lot more women on bikes back then, I think too. So it's kind of, kind of funny and ironic, you know? So that's just, that's rad that you guys adopted a name that kind of just says all that. Uh, without having to me just go on it for 10 minutes about what that says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's great for sure. And I think something too that we like to focus on a lot with our group is, yes, we are a group of all women riders and we do support a lot of initiatives for, you know, women empowerment, strength, et cetera. But at the same time, we're not, we're not like dissing the dudes, you know, like we really recognize that there are a lot of great men out there that, uh, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at today without their support. And, and hopefully it's like vice versa. Right. So, um, I think we have a lot of initiatives to support women riders and women in our community who are in need but at the same time, we, we definitely just support the riding community as a whole. And you know, all of our rides are typically co-ed rides. Um, cool. You know, we, we just kind of invite everyone to come in and hang out and just grow the community. Um, and you know, it, it, we've actually had some women message us through our social media pages and just be like, hey, you know, I ride on the back with my boyfriend, but I'm ready to get into the front seat on by myself. Like, what do I got to do? Where do I go? What classes do I take? So stuff like that is really awesome because it, it kind of makes us feel like we're building this, this sense of community and that there's other women out there seeing what we're doing and I'm like getting inspired by it and feeling like, yeah, well, they can do it. We can do it too. So, you know, trying to just make sure that we present ourselves in a very real manner so that people can relate and we can help these, these other women become a part of this awesome community and that we're approachable. Yeah. Unless you're a dude driving a taco truck that's uh, ready to get kicked out the door when these ladies hijack it. You guys sound like you're pretty supportive <laughs> of uh, most most other guys. 
But yeah, that's something <laughs> that's something that uh, Wiggins and I have been talking a little bit about lately too. Is this whole give a shift movement right now, where they're saying, you know, right now is a time where more women. I mean, in 2014, I think there was some crazy report that women ridership was up by 12 percent or some some number that everybody was like throwing around. But now it's like. Uh, well, what what did that do? Like, what does that really mean? And um, the future of riding, I think, has to be girls because, like, all the guys that ride them now are pretty much bottom all, you know? So the next thing you know is, like, you have, you know, get mom and the kids on them, you know? Or, like, you guys are saying, your friends that want to get on the, you know, want to get out from behind their husband or boyfriend or whatever. So, I mean, that's, like, that's an awesome way to do it. You're not going to feel intimidated if you have some other ladies showing you how to ride or, you know, like a, a, a positive group that's going to help you out, you know? I think part of it, too, like, stems from that, like, a lot of people have this, like, very sticky image in their head of, like, what a biker looks like. Yeah. You know, a motorcyclist. What do they look like? They look like this specific type of person, this specific age, this specific gender. Yeah. And, like, when you look at us, like, we're all so unique as individuals. Like, yeah, we share these common interests, but we're all like, we've all got, you know, different jobs, different hobbies and activities that we do outside of motorcycling. And I think that we're not afraid to like put those out there in front of people. In addition to like the fact that we ride. Yeah. And I think that's just another way to invite people in. I've got so many friends who have grown up who have been like, Oh, I've always thought it'd be cool to ride a motorcycle, but I didn't really think that I'd fit in. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah, man. You, you ride a total hunk of junk. It's like whatever you ride, as long as you ride, it's so much fun. Like, why not Why not give it a try? Well, hey, listen, Milwaukee Rivets, do you guys do rides throughout the year that, um, you know, if people want to meet up, you guys, you know, ride from here here to there or uh, like group rides, I guess, and if people want to meet up, they can find out like on Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So, we are still working out our own calendar of rides that we are going to be hosting. Um, this, this is probably only the the second real riding season that we've been a group. We're, we've, we're a fairly new group. You know, we've been friends for a while, but the group has only been official for about the last year. Okay. So um, this, this riding season, because we have riding seasons, unlike <laughs> you warm weather folks. No, what's that? Um, <laughs> um, we, we have some ideas of rides that we are going to be hosting, but we are also already planning to attend a lot of the local rides that are kind of like Milwaukee staples. So, uh, actually just recently on our Instagram, we, we posted a bunch of them that we're going to be at. So anyone who's interested, go check that out. Um, we, we actually, we do a lot of costume rides which I didn't really realize how many we do until I, I posted them on the Instagram page the other day, but they're so much fun. And it's just like anybody and everybody from the Milwaukee moto community shows up to these rides. So, um, we've got the nun run coming up. We've got, <laughs> um, sun's out, nun's out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a, a mad max ride coming up in June. Ooh, There's like fun. Oh, that's a good one. Danielle went to that one last year. Um, and then, then there's the Evil Knievel ride coming up in August. So um, besides that, there's also the International Women's Day ride in May. So International Women's Ride Day happens. There's events everywhere for it. And it's international, obviously. 
And we're going to be teaming up with one of the local Harley dealers to, to host a women's ride event for that. So more details to come. Awesome. Um, there's also a benefit ride and bike blessing that some of our friends host every June and all the, the money goes towards uh, a child in need. So we'll be attending that. And yeah, just a couple of events like camping trips and things like that throughout the summer. But yeah, anyone interested, you know, stay posted on our Instagram or Facebook pages. We keep those pretty up to date with events that we're attending or things that we're planning. Rad. Yeah, I think my I think my notes kind of uh revolved around the rides in anyway and, and like what, you know, <laughs> meetups and stuff like that. Cuz I think I had seen uh, I think they mentioned something like Danielle's Dirty 30 or something like that. Like I had seen something somewhere and I wrote <laughs> that down. I don't know. I just it looked like some fun stuff that you guys had done. So we like yeah, ride, we've done rides for people's birthdays and stuff just because yes. that's always fun. But yeah. that's usually been like more just us hanging out. Cause like we said, like first and foremost, we're a group of friends that like to ride together. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. And I know in, I know in Wisconsin, um, I'm not hundred percent sure. Like Milwaukee is, is obviously a much bigger area, but like when you get out into the rural places, um, it seems like you guys are just like flock together, right? And especially if you only have like three or four months of riding. Yeah, for sure. I mean, once you get out of Metro Milwaukee, uh, mostly if you go west, there are some really good riding in Wisconsin. Specifically, like the southwest region is known for some awesome roads. Um, we, we've got a lot of rural farmland in like the middle of the state. So that's the best just to get a group and go cruise out there and just kind of like take in the scenery have a relaxing day yeah yeah i know the cows from california always are talking shit about the the central wisconsin cows and i was like come on guys just be cool it sounds beautiful up there come on but uh um, cool. yeah be cool with them dudes it's not there's not like a cheese war we have to get in um you know, as far as that goes, <laughs> as far as that goes, um, what's the farthest ride you guys have done? Uh, like, have you gone out of state? Have you gone, you know, damn near across the, have you, have you, you should come down to Mexico for tacos one time. Like I'll totally meet you at the Nevada border and we'll ride, I'll ride you down there. I'll, I'll be your, I'll be your, yeah, es- that would be awesome. Yeah. I'll be your escort to Ensenada and back. Uh, I'll have to change my name cause I'm not allowed in Mexico anymore, but, uh, that's another story. But yeah, man. Oh dang! Yeah, I know. You know how it goes. But um, but yeah, like, what's what's the biggest ride or the the farthest ride the rivets have done as a group? I don't know that we've done like anything too super far as a group because, like Narissa said, we hadn't we haven't been like super organized up until really last year. Last year, our long, longest ride was that four and a half hour rain. Yeah. Awesome disaster. <laughs> It was great. What were you talking about? Yeah. I thought it was we fantastic. Listen, if it was just like if it was just we like had a, a blast. Ride, yeah. I mean if it was just like a ride to somewhere and back, it wouldn't be an adventure. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't remember it or talk about it for future generations. Danielle was too cool for rain gear. And you know what though? Pretty much the people that. that didn't wear rain gear were the only ones that didn't complain about it. <laughs> all the people with reindeer were the ones that complained about being hey, wet. The only reason I was complaining was because I set my jacket on my seat and the arm flopped over onto the exhaust and it burned a hole through it. So I had a wet left arm. 
<laughs> so that's why I was complaining. <laughs> I was soaked from head to toe. So I don't really I was complaining because my bike shit out on the side of the road. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, the the bolt on one of her battery terminals came loose and the entire crew had to pull over and essentially hail and lightning and find the toolkit tighten it up you know i was like oh my god this is awful <laughs> but and then but pretty much the vehicle it. speed sensor was just on the fritz oh, and no. kept like sort of turning my bike off yeah. which was pretty terrifying moment for that to happen yeah for yeah. sure the electrical is like the last thing you check usually too you're like oh my air and my fuel and my spark and then you're like oh, yeah no, not, now let's trace some electrical back to yeah oh my god what Conveniently, a, well, we, like, that, made it through. We had our friend on the coming to meet up with us who works at Harley as an electrical engineer, and we we're like, "So, what do you think?" <laughs> Sounds like a battery. well, and that was probably the furthest trip that we've ridden together. But a couple of us um, just this past uh, year went to Sturgis um, together for the Wild Gypsy tour, but we trailered. Um, the bikes down there because we didn't really know what to expect and we had limited time to get out there. So we just drove straight there yeah. um, and trailered the bikes and then did some riding out at Sturgis. We actually volunteered for the event called the Wild Gypsy Tour for the very first year at the Buffalo Chip. Hmm. And we stayed at their campground and then um, actually ended up doing more riding than we anticipated we would be able to do being that we were volunteering for that event. And we did... Riding out to Custer State Park, um, we went to, um, we did riding, like, in the downtown Sturgis, in the Deadwood. Um, we went kind of all over the place, Mount Rushmore, and uh, we had a really good time. Uh, three of us girls from the Milwaukee Rivets went together, so that was a fun trip. Nice. It, yeah, we're going back this year, too, a few of us, and I think we're we're planning on riding out there this time. Cool. Yeah, that's that's, it's only, like, five hours, right, from you guys, or what? It's a little more than that. Oh, okay. You got to understand cre the creative writing map of America looks is very terrible. I uh, hell, I thought Ohio was like next to Texas. So until I looked at a map, I was like, "Whoops, yeah. I was way off." It probably it's took us about twelve hours to get there. Oh come on, straight there. Yeah, but see, I live yeah. in okay. You're you're in L.A., so it takes like That's four hours to get next door yes. <laughs> see that's what i was that's what i was gonna say it takes me 12 hours to get to san diego which is only 150 miles away so i mean you're talking to a guy whose views of everything are skewed so uh okay so 12 and geez 12 wisconsin hours that must mean it's like three states away like you guys i know in wisconsin yeah. like in 12 hours yeah we judge could, everything by time yeah Chris, 12 Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, well, because Chris Singsheim was telling me how to measure stuff in Wisconsin time. He's like, yeah, no, like, here you could actually do that in, like, in, like, hours. Where Because he knows, like, here, if I say I need to go eight miles. LA, it's like traffic time. Yeah. It's, it's like, like how, long, how long, how far away is that? Eight miles. Okay, so two hours, you know. Yeah, you can't, you can't. Yeah, do the, if someone says eight miles, I don't know what that means. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'll be there in a, in a GIF. That's what that means, in a GIF. I think that's, like, a Wisconsin time right a gif a smidge a smidge that's what it is i'll be there in a smidge <laughs> and a skosh is just like maybe 12 miles is a skosh and then right i mean it's just like yeah yep god here i'd yep. be like we to, to be honest i had friends that lived in uh 
at the beach in Santa Monica. It's literally like 20 miles from here, but we never saw them the whole time they lived here because it was a, at least a two and a half hour drive. And uh, had if, however, however, when you're in Wisconsin, you do have to if there is traffic, you do have to sit in the traffic. Can't yeah. lane split like crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say if I had ridden my motorcycle to see him, it would have taken me 20 minutes because I'd have been hauling ass. But uh, and lane splitting. But yeah, in a car, two and a half hours. So it's like, man, that's we how t- do you do that? That terrifying. Listen, me. man. Lane splitting? Lane splitting? Oh, I thought you were going to say driving in L.A. traffic, and I was going to say that's why I lane split. Well, that too. <laughs> that's also terrifying. Yeah, it's actually great. I was just in L.A. this weekend, actually, and uh, I could not believe how long it took to get mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you were in downtown, like, we are always joking about how even at, like, 3 in the morning, it'll be bumper to bumper on the 101 through downtown. Like, it just, that that place never clears out. But My you, friend was like, oh, it's the 405, a.k.a. the oh, country's largest parking lot. Yep, the 405 is another one. The 105 recently, the the 5, the, I mean, everything. Everything in L.A. until you get, like, uh, I don't know, at least, like, 50 miles out of L.A. And then, uh, yeah, then it clears up slightly. But, uh <laughs> not not compared to Wisconsin, even like I, I'm guessing, like even we like, can shoot like straight straight across the state. We can get across the whole state of Wisconsin in five hours. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you know they didn't film like the Cannonball Run or Vanishing Point in L.A. for a reason. They're like, let's pick like the Rockies, like in the middle of the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that stuff you would. That's a really good point. Yeah, there's not a lot of chase movie. I, it's funny how they filmed that movie Speed here, right? Because you're like, oh, people in LA are like, that's so fake. Like a bus couldn't do like 20 miles an hour through traffic. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he would have blown up the first, you know, five minutes of the movie would have been over because it would have blown up because there's always traffic. But um, but yeah, no, I do have to say, like, I'm glad we can split, but you don't need to there. You have, you know, no traffic. I mean that that's true. Yeah. Do you guys have like uh, a cow or or a cheese head that wanders onto the freeway once in a while that causes like some backup? <laughs> uh Danielle, have you ever encountered that? I have I friends who have hit deer. Oh no. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's a, or actually been hit that's, by deer. Yes, that's a really I did good have point. cows cross the road when we were in Sturgis. Rad. <laughs> that was the, and it wasn't in Wisconsin. It was while we were in South Dakota, and we were on our way back. And Liz decided to take us through a detour, and there was cows just crossing the gravel road. Weird. That's you're, awesome. You're like, I would have expected <laughs> yeah. this in Wisconsin, not South Dakota. <laughs> like, no, not at all. It yeah. was, it was crazy. I was super excited. I don't think there, the other girls were. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Who's excited to see a cow on the road? Like, are you crazy? Um, Danielle. I, I was, I was hyped. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. So we, we have, we do have a lot of, we do have a lot of deer yeah. in Wisconsin. So like, especially as you get further North and when it gets darker, you have to be really, really cautious about that. Um, we've, we've heard of some, some bad incidents, unfortunately with people hitting deer and geese, uh, hmm. geese and Turkey, uh, actually, one of our friends, he just got a new uh, street glide, and about a week into it, he hit a turkey, and it bounced off of the front fairing and, like, pushed him into the oncoming lane of traffic. Like, thank God there was no other traffic, so nothing really happened, and he kept the bike upright. But, dude, like, turkeys are big birds, and that yeah. is no joke if you hit one of those. 
Yeah, do those things weigh upwards uh, like twenty five? You know, twenty to twenty five pounds. That's a that's like a, having a kid, <laughs> an infant. Yeah, that you. <laughs> Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. the craziest thing, I mean, that's a, that is a weird, kind of a weird story. Who hits a turkey, you know, like that's kind of a weird story. <laughs> he he was meeting up with us for our group ride. I think we're just going to get lunch or something somewhere. He shows up and I was like, dude, you've, you've got some feathers in, in your front fair in there. What's up with that? Is that like a, a new thing that you're going for or what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, no, a crazy story. I just hit this big ass bird. Oh, so. Good thing they weren't yellow feathers. You're like, you hit Big Bird? <laughs> <laughs> the crazier thing would have been if he hit it and then it like somehow like landed on his head and he has a turkey head. I don't know. This. <laughs> or if it rolled over and somehow landed on his passenger seat and just like chilled in the passenger yeah, seat. There you go. <laughs> hung on. Yeah. Hung on. Or if it hit him backwards into the passenger seat and it drove for a couple miles, you know, you just got to roll with it. <laughs> Um, yeah, enough crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know if our turkeys are that talented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen Wisconsin turkeys driving on YouTube before. They're terrible drivers. Um, well, ladies, we're coming up on an hour. I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's two o'clock in the morning there in Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys, uh, want to say 10 o'clock, but feels like two o'clock. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want to keep you guys up too late, but, uh, I don't know. Is there anything we want to wrap up with? I would love, um, before we, before you go, I, I love to give out your Instagram, um, and, and Facebook page and where people can reach you and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on Instagram, people can find us just at Milwaukee Rivets. Uh, and then same thing on Facebook. If you type in the Milwaukee Rivets, you'll find us there. And, and we do a pretty good job, I think, of keeping them both updated. So whatever platform people prefer. And we've got Thanks an email. Thanks to and Danielle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you see any, like, super cheesy captions, they're probably from me. And then Danielle goes back and edits them later so it doesn't sound so cheesy. <laughs> good good looking, looking after each other. Yeah, you know, like, you, you see all these people who have these awesome pictures of, like, them sitting on their bike with this beautiful mountain landscape behind them with some, like, inspirational caption. Yeah. And I just, That's I don't know, like, I'm... No, so yeah, sometimes you'll find some gems in our hashtags if you ever actually read all those. (laughs) (laughs) Moist. I think we need to do hashtag helmet hair and show people what it really looks like when you're a rider, not a model sitting on a... Except for Nerissa. Sure. Nerissa is not allowed to participate because somehow her hair always looks perfect when it comes out of a helmet. Nice. You're like, you're like flow from those progressive commercials. You take the helmet off. Yeah, like when I take my helmet off, it's like that real slow-mo, like, (laughs) mermaid thing. Yeah. (laughs) Rad. Oh, geez. Um, So, hey, we've had, I've had a total blast hanging out with you guys. Um, I don't know who bailed. Was that Jen that bailed? But uh, we've been hanging out tonight with Nerissa, Jen, Bridget, and Danielle from the Milwaukee Rivets. And, yeah, if you check them out on Facebook, on Instagrams is where I follow you guys. You'll see a bunch of fun stuff, including some events that you guys did recently uh, with Mama Tried and Flat Out Friday. And uh, I don't know. You'll see a bunch of fun stuff there. Um, give them a follow. And then when riding season does come up, I'm sure hopefully some people will reach out to you guys and uh, 
Yeah, come ride with us. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, hey, um, I'm going to cut you ladies loose. Uh, Have a good evening, and don't get too cold up there in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Well done on that accent. Thank you. I've been practicing for months. That was the Milwaukee Rivets. Now back to your scheduled programming with me and Whammin' Wiggins. That was my dilemma, folks. I didn't know whether if I was being a dick by like... Uh, just putting it out there or if I was being funny. So I thought, well, it's funny. But I was driving out to Paris Saturday and I was like, <coughs> when am I going to come on? And I'm like, oh, okay there. And then I'm like, oh man, shit. <laughs> wow. So yeah, what did you, what did you talk about? I'm curious. Uh, mostly just Daytona TT. Um, How much you hated it? No, I enjoy it. You know what? The track was definitely better than last year. Yeah. It was it, definitely better. Um, they did, they changed it. Uh, they have to figure out that little chicane after the jump. Brad oh, Baker cut it twice. I think more than twice, right? The rule is if you don't gain position, yeah. I personally think you should have to lose one position unless the rider's like way back. At least they didn't do like a 10-second. La- uh, I don't like that. 10 penalty. seconds is like way, way, yeah. way too much. Yeah. But I think like it was – I think at the time it was Meese and Baker battling. I, I You know, and – if I had to pick between the two, I'm a bigger fan of Baker than I am Meese. However, I think JD Beach did it to him too once. Maybe. I think one was by himself. I think he just blew one. <laughs> the first you know? one probably. I don't know. But um, you know, I think if you're battling with someone, you should have to let him go. Yeah. Like now I do I heard a story and I need to look it up and see if it's true. And I'm sure some of our listeners know better than I do, but I have heard a story of something similar to like that happening to Rossi. I guess in GP, if you pull a tear off off in front of someone, it's like bad juju. Hmm. So uh someone it might come back and land on yeah, the Yeah, it just visor. it's it's distractions to yeah. the rider. So yeah. someone pulled one off in front of Rossi. So he like it's a courtesy thing. So he let Rossi pass. Like they were battling and he let him pass. So Rossi took the pass and then like looked back at him and shook his head. Huh. So he like went around and acknowledged that like, okay, yeah, you screwed up. Like, you know, so he like acknowledges like the respectfulness or whatever, the thank you, and huh. then lets the guy go again and then they start battling again. Huh. That is truly, uh, truly like sportsmanship to yeah. max. There's other and, times well, where you know, if I, it was Rossi battling, it was probably for one, two, there was third place was probably 30 yeah. seconds back. So they're like, we can wait a minute. I thought you were going to say, because I've seen other stuff where Rossi jumped a curb, jumped, hit the uh, rumble strips and landed on the other rumble strips, like straight Evil Knievel style. And they were saying that he cut the corner, even though he didn't technically, he didn't even, he was in the air. Yeah. So he didn't physically cut it, you know, but theoretically he cut it. And there was another time where him and Marquez, I want to say, uh, we're running down. I forget what straight what uh, track it was, but he got pushed and he went through the sand trap. And then, do you remember? Uh, like, if you look, or, and even the corkscrew at Laguna Seca, he's done it there. Like Ross, yeah, he jumps that one a lot. Yeah. So there's some times where he has cut, and I know. Um, in SCCA and stuff, when I was racing, hell, even autocrossing, if you um, went out of the cones, you had to go back in where or before where you spun out, or else you would you would be DNF'd. And if you were ra- on the road courses, the thing was, yeah, if you if you got pushed, you couldn't come back in in front of the guy that you yeah. you know you couldn't cut basically. Right. And so um, 
Baker, I don't think he gained a position there. He didn't gain any. Yeah. You're not allowed to gain yeah. any. Yeah, and so I think he was legit, but he yeah. definitely blew it to at least two. I, maybe there might have been a third that was off camera. But the, a couple times, once I think he just missed it. Once I don't yeah. think he could get it turned, like you said. He did it by himself. But the other time, he went to turn and like Beach was there already on the end. They would have crashed. And yeah. there was a tough block there and you're not just going to smash it to tough right, block. Right. So he just cut around it. And it is like, that's what I love about TTs is the strategy that you have to... I mean, the, uh, when they used to run like the Super TT when Nikki Hayden and raced it and stuff, I yeah. loved watching those guys in the corners because that's where shit got dicey and that's where you had to either go all in or decide to back off because mm-hmm. that's where the shit goes down and you crash. You know what but I mean? But I do, I do say I think the track was better. Could it still be improved? I don't know. They 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 but it was change it from way last year better too. than last yeah. year. Yeah, last year it was like a long straight with a hairpin and then yeah. like a weird jump and then another hairpin and this year they stretched it and uh yeah definitely made a lot better to to watch but it was good it was cool to see jd beach up in second i mean he's obviously a talented rider um and then wiles you know i guess that's kind of to be expected on a tt for him to be up up pretty good i was bummed to see baker fall back um yeah he fell pretty far back yeah i wonder i was stoked to see cool beth even even in eighth yeah And Johnson in fifth, right? Yeah, it was way better than seeing him at the back. And that's on the TT where he's not very good. So I can't wait to see how he does this year on the Indian in the, uh, like, even the short tracks, you know. Like, I'm excited for this year. It'll be good. Harley definitely had some improvement, but they, uh, I think it was still disappointing for a lot of people. Yeah. To put it mildly and to not talk bad about one of my sponsors. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, and they are. They are on a little bit different bike, like you said, this year, right? Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I I don't know. Uh, Dude, it looks like a dual overhead cam bike instead yeah. of a, a unicam like they were running. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. I. You know what I think the craziest thing about the street? Is it the street heads where, they, where they're, si- they're slanted? Oh, yeah. That's not that crazy when you like have it apart and look at it. Yeah. To me, I, I, did they do that so they could get to the timing? The, it's the just the rocker box cover rocket? is slanted, so yeah. it's like it's way instead like, of being like instead of the valve cover being really deep, it's like one side's deep and one side's not. Yeah, it's, it cu- is odd, but it's not that big a deal when you look at it. Yeah, I mean, when I when I was looking at at it, you know, at work, I was thinking that it must be for them to access the um, it the does chain in the sprocket on the yeah, other side, but usually then the other side would also be lower. Yeah, but but it like just goes on. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, it, just to get the fins and stuff, and it looked kind of Harley, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I mean, their showing was all three bikes made the main. I'm not sure. Did all three bikes make the main event last year at all? Uh, for Daytona, are you talking or at just... all for the Harley factory yeah. team? Well, they did, and uh, and often they all finished pretty close together like in the middle or in the back there was that one i forget what race it was where cool beth was actually doing well and he blew a fucking coolant line off yeah johnson and uh robinson right behind us or just johnson they were literally both right behind him and they both went down yeah and and he almost went down i think he pulled into the pits and was yeah toasted his bike but um i haven't seen the new motor but is it a little different you think than it was last year at least the heads are yeah so that's interesting i i because they didn't seem like they finished too shabby, but, I mean, they weren't, like, up on the top, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like I said, the TTs are hard to tell. I don't know how Howard is as a TTer. Vanderkoy was the best running one, and his bike broke. 
I believe. Someone said he came down off the jump and put his foot on the shifter instead of the uh, oh, foot peg. Snap. So that happens. Yeah. That'll um, that'll turn your uh, spline gear yeah. smooth real quick. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, but I mean, they were qualifying for it was so so. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I love TTs because it's a testament that you can do it on, um, yeah, big bikes, and it, and it, to basically like what Michael Locke was saying, it's super way less confusing too to see. It is, know, and I think I Honda. think it's also cheaper because guys like. Carver's probably a bad example now because <laughs> he's got a few bikes this year. But it, to still to see guys like Carver to be like, oh, you can have two twins and that's it. You don't need two yeah. twins and two singles because you you know like you're gonna run a single here and a twin here and a single back at this event and then yeah. a twin the next two and like and you get X amount of you know maxing out the number of motors that you can have for each mm-hmm. one like that gets pretty well, especially expensive. when you're on a tight budget yeah. now i saw someone comment that it was lame that the singles were making faster lap times and i'm like dude they're small bikes that are meant to do that here's my point of view on that if you're dumb enough to be upset by that then you're watching the wrong fucking sport yeah. and we can do without you well uh on the miles they weren't going fast enough the twins were faster yeah <laughs> like come on i mean hell? it's Put in perspective what's going on. There's a high horsepower, heavier bike out there that's really not even designed for that where the dirt, where the singles kind of are. I mean, they're designed for a jump and to turn both ways. So to me, it's like the singles should be faster on a TT. Yeah, that's a funny argument. Yeah, it's just people being stupid and being negative. And it's funny because like I've liked flat track my whole life. Well, then shut up and like it. Yeah. (laughs) Like stop. I don't know. I, I'm a fan of the singles and twins classes and keeping them that way. Yeah. I'm not a fan of like Springfield short tracks, only singles on Saturday and then Sundays, the yeah. twins only. And like, I don't know. I just run them both at both events. Yeah. So what if the if the twins are slower at the short track? So what? Yeah. And, and especially this year with them running, uh, you know, different, with them running the twins at every event, yeah, it uh, it makes them more. I mean, I think they adapt better to. I mean, if you can ride that thing on a short track, more power to you. you well, know not what I mean? here's the thing: you're all on the same track. Yeah. So what if the singles are pulling faster lap times? The singles are competing against other singles. Yeah, you're competing against other twins. That's what I love about the new format. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of the new format. I think it's good for everyone involved. Yeah, you know, with what you said earlier about the hooligans getting uh, attention to flat track, maybe to the point where flat track the pros are worried that the hooligans are getting more attention. Can we use hooligans to do stuff like supermoto? Especially if Harley is getting a deal with Alta. You know what I'm saying? You like know. Um, Butcher brought up doing some supermoto, going to Adams. I'm just <laughs> sketched. I don't know. I'd have to spend some time on my bike, and I don't know. I mean, I've been doing road racing on my Dyna, yeah. or road tracking. So yeah. you know, and and some some friends of the show that we know have been doing legit road racing on Dynas. Yeah. So I think it can be done. I think the hooligans can do that stuff, and I think you know, I I call what tony and eric's doing hooligan road racing yeah for like sure. it's it is like to me the whole idea of hooligan as far as motorcycle racing is taking a bike that's not supposed to do what you're doing and doing it any fucking way yeah yeah so the hill climb the the flat track you know butcher fast j virus um hoffy they've all went out and done grand prix and steeple chases on their harleys yeah so and are they the fastest bikes out there no but they're all in a class together 
So they're all putting on a good show. They're all having a good time. And if you go, if you go back to pre motocross, like 1970s, that's what they were doing anyway, dude. All the desert sleds. Yeah. You you took your road bike and you took the mirrors off and threw knobbies. I, I think, you know, we talked about this with Eric a little bit, I think, or with Tony, the whole idea is I want to take my bike out and see what I can do on my bike. Yeah. And, you know, and people talk about like, oh, the great days of flat track when it was Grand National, when you had to road race and flat track and do everything. You can't fucking afford to do it, dude. Not yeah. even the factory teams can afford to do it. Like the riders and the bikes are so specialized now. And then when they see what the hooligans are doing, they don't like it. And I'm like, well, we're doing exactly what you said you want people to do. Yeah. <laughs> but think, you're like mad about it. I think that road, well, I think that race series did that. In order to preserve some of the people got sick of seeing them do, well, why can't you do this on like, can't, can't you make something for that? Yeah. And, and then, uh, it kind of like went to the way side of like, well, people wanted to see something different, you know? Yeah. And now, so yeah, it is interesting how stuff evolves. And then, you know, 30 years later after it's ruined, people were like, want the old stuff back. And you're like, well, it went this way because of, I get why we don't do it, but yeah, I, I you know, you know, even when, even that, you know, if you said, okay, this rider, like the rider has to be able to do all three, are you going to make them do a production bike with a production frame and to do all three? Yeah. Like that would be insane. Or, you know, or the Indian FTR, are you going to throw 19 inch road race tires on it? Yeah. Or like how, I don't know how people would expect that to be done, which I think that, you know, you could do some decent 19s. and. Yeah. Or let them run 17s. I don't. I was gonna I don't say know. we could get in on a, on a later show. We can get into some physics and stuff. And 19 wouldn't be the optimal for ro- road racing. No, road racing 17s. I don't know about <laughs> physics, but I know about tire choices. Well, well, tire choices is a big part of it. But rotating mass and gyroscopic yeah, motion is yeah, is and center part. of gravities yeah. and all kinds of stuff. There's a there's a reason. I don't know why dirt track is better at a 19. Yeah, that's something I was gonna ask you a long time ago because. Well, um, in it, Spain for Super Prestigio, they run 17s, mm-hmm. but they run rain tires. And I do know rain tires work pretty well in the dirt. From a mo- I always love when people are like, oh, why don't you run? You should run an 18 on the rear. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's better for this and this. And I'm like, okay, I don't care what your theories are. Tire, it come, For me, it comes down to tire choice. Like I don't need to think any deeper than what the tire manufacturers have put together. Yeah. And I, it's if you want to go road racing, you're buying 17s. Yeah. Unless you're dumb and you want to buy a 16.5 front <laughs> i was gonna say there's some that have like 16 and they pretty uh, well quit making 16.5s yeah that was a big supermoto thing for a while and i know guys that get stuck with those rims and they they can only find slicks yeah and then for gp they have 16s they were trying that's, to get a meteor a, sidewall with yeah. the same uh that's what I'm saying, like the legit tire. race tires yeah. like 16 and it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that if you have if you take a wheel, like a, even a bicycle wheel, and you spin it and hold it, yeah, try to turn that fucker sideways without like ripping your. Thumb I actually off. think um, so. The Desmo Sedici that was shit. It's been ten years now since that limited edition one came out. The V4 <laughs> that Ducati did about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. It had a sixteen-inch rear wheel, and I think you had to prove that you owned a Desmo Sedici to buy the tire. Like Bridgestone, I think was the only one that made a tire. So of course it was like three or four hundred dollars. <laughs> And you had to like prove ownership of this bike, so I, I get it. But it was like it was also pointless for someone to ride every day and to get on the track. I made parts on that bike. Did you? Yeah. 
Turdman pulled out a Psycho World with the Roland Sands Desmo Sedici Flat Tracker. And I there's parts on there that I made. I think just the foot controls I made on that one. I had already quit and had moved on and was doing some contract work for him. Yeah, this was from 2011, but yeah. I think he built it in 2010. This this had the the V4, yeah, Desmo, yeah. Woo! I watched this thing on TV on like, I forget what they used to have a motorcycle show, but I was like, yeah, yeah. And they they took this thing around um, Ventura. Yeah, it was a uh, Cernicky rode it around Ventura. That's yeah. Yeah, this thing's tight. Anyway, we'll we'll look at this thing after uh, <laughs> after the show. But yeah, the um, so for me it comes down to tire choice and wheel size. And I know with the the road racing we've talked about, um, and Eric and Tony both talked about this, like putting seventeens <laughs> on their Dinas, and they want to stay nineteen sixteen or nineteen seventeen. You know, kind of stock wheel size, even nineteen eighteen. Um, but mostly 19 front. And I know Tony just bought a fat Bob, which is 16, 16. Yep. And what he's ridden so far and what I've ridden on one, those tires do. Okay. I think when he starts pushing it on the track, he'll want a better tire choice, but I'm not sure what he wants to do. Um, and I've talked about, you know, trying to get a sportster, um, maybe doing 17, 17 or trying it out anyway. Yeah. So I actually have it. I found out this weekend I have a Dyna. Well, I knew I had a Dyna rear wheel, but I found out I can get it to fit on the back of a Rivermount Sportster. Nice. So I might give that a try um, and then maybe try a 17 front and see how it feels. Yeah. That pizza pan that you got on the back of Trusty right now looks <laughs> awesome, by the way. <laughs> I, I fucked up. Like, I always left it. It's a polished aluminum PM, like, spun wheel. Like, if you look at the old flat track chicanes and stuff like that, they were the same wheel and then they were cut out. Mine is like solid and it's just so it's like polished aluminum and it matches the rear fender. Super dope on trusty. And I didn't, I thought about it afterwards. I should have had my uh, graphics guy like design like a spiral. So when it was like turning, <laughs> it would be like a trippy spiral <laughs> on it or something. That would have been so fucking rad. So it's, I mean, it's not too late. It's, I'm not getting rid of the wheel. It's a, it's a wheel set that I picked up with a swap meet and I made some spacers and mounted them up. They were FXR. So the front fit right on my sporty. The rear, I had to make some stuff, but you're really fancy. It's a direct, it's a direct swap from my race wheel, so it's been pretty fun. Yeah. So I have a 19 front, 18 rear on it right now with dirt bike tires. Yeah, it looks pretty rad, and it's the first time I think I've ever seen Trusty with brakes on the front. It's the first time in a long time that she's had a brake on the front. Yeah. Hey, listen. Now you can ride it around on the street. Like you, you can you can commute over here on it. I still got with the dirt bike tires. Yeah, yeah, I know it'll be louder than your yeah. truck whenever cupped. Um, um, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I think a, a big argument for the the wheels. We'll get into uh, some of that stuff later. Actually, when we talk yeah. about, uh, I wanted to talk to you about some of the cool gadgets that you had on Dirty Diana. Um, you know, now that she's for sale, I don't know how much longer you're gonna have her. But yeah, get into a, a, another technosode. Uh, right now, should we get into our bike challenge? We haven't had one in a little sure. while. This one's good, a weird one. There's like a no budget, right? We're just like, yeah, a, all right. this is like the grand finale of our, uh, what do we call this one? This is like a bike challenge. Yeah. This, this wasn't like a crazy motor challenge. It was meant to be like a Craigslist challenge and it, it didn't work out as good. Yeah. Well, cause I we found know. out that Craigslist is very, uh, yeah. Fickle. And I think what made the motor challenge funner for us and the listeners was like the history. Yeah, you. I actually learned some stuff. In there yeah, that one too. was cool. We'll do something maybe like that again. Yeah, but for our 
for our all out final uh final granddaddy of them all to finish out the series of what's the b- craigslist bike that we can find this is a no budget bike i guess it doesn't even have to be on craigslist because yeah. if i have no budget why would I, i'm just gonna buy another planet to put this bike on because it's so rad uh it's all out road race bike that's right. the only stipulation was that it had just a road race bike and uh since I pretty much have this challenge in the bag because, like, you didn't even have bikes for two of them, I'm going to let you go first this time. <laughs> I think if I had no budget to just go buy a bitchin' road race bike and or if you were going to build it into a racer, but just a bitchin', like, street bike would be the new V4 Ducati. Mm. I, I, I kind of had a feeling you were going to say that. I really love V4s. Yeah. That's, like, the biggest too. reason. I, I really like the Aprilia RSV4, too. Yeah. And I really think that Honda's lame. <laughs> so I that's that's why I had to do with that one. Do you like the RC two thirteen V? Oh yeah, I kind of forget that exists. Yeah. Because I feel like it's so unobtainable, even though I know that this was like a no budget thing. Yeah. They're only eighty four thousand dollars for the street legal. <laughs> I thought they were like over two hundred or something. Uh, I after tax and all that stuff, Import, I think it they might are, be. I uh, think they are, and actually, because you know the dealers probably throw a fee on that too. I think they were like one hundred eighty two thousand. Yeah, they were ridiculous. Uh, that's a pretty good choice, and I had a feeling I just got through listening to the motorcycles and misfits podcast today that you know I should have been already finished with on Monday. But uh, they were talking about him on there, and I was like, I have this feeling that he's going to say the V4, the new one, right? The new Pentagon. Yeah, I just yeah. love the – I mean, if you're going no budget to just do a new, a new sport bike, I, I guess yeah. the 213. But, yeah, I mean, it's got to be a new bike. Well, the Pentagale is awesome. Actually, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I, 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 you know, well, I have a dog in this fight, but no dog in the Ducati fight. I had just seen a video recently where they tested. I think I think listener Eric sent us this video where they tested a Ducati <clears throat> Ducati Panigale V4 against the new BMW M760 or something like that, and they took them out and they. What's lived, the M760? It's like oh the, the all carbon one we looked at. Yeah, it's a BMW car. It's the oh, it's okay. a M series okay. 760, uh, 609 horsepower. Uh, I don't know if it has a turbo and all that shit, but it's like crazy. It's like the BMW's top of the M's right now. Right. And um, yeah, 607 or 609 horsepower. Yeah, but v- that bike's got to be 200. Yeah, the the bike is 214. And I think it has a V12, the BMW Probably. does. And uh, dude, that thing was just awesome. And they drag raced them head up too. A lot of times they don't do that with bar- bikes and cars because if the car gets squirrely and takes yeah. out the bike. But this one they did. Uh, and they the Ducati with um, 214 horsepower at, uh, I forget how many kilograms it was, but that thing's only like 300 something pounds. Yeah. And the BMW was 609 horsepower, so it's got like four, you know, 400 more horsepower, and the Ducati um, smoked it. And that's yeah. because when they broke it down by horsepower to weight ratio, the Ducati comes in at 1,097 horsepowers per ton, and the BMW, even though it's got 600 horsepower, is weighs like almost 3,000 pounds. So yeah. it only comes in at 270 horsepower per ton. So I remember Ducati. doing the ratio a while ago because a friend of mine drove 410 sprint cars, which are like 1,000 pounds and 900 horse. Yeah. And I'm like, that's about the only thing or like a Formula One car. Like even I remember like NASCAR has less of a power to weight ratio than a modern sport bike. Yeah. 
And this would have been over 10 years ago. Like I had a CBR 929, weighed 340, 350. I don't remember. Yeah. Maybe 380, but it was like 130 horse at the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just looking up some specs today, uh, too, um, noticing that, uh, okay, I, I look up stuff on uh, the NHTSA website and the, uh, the the Department of Transportation website a lot. And when you register a VIN, you have to put how much horsepower it makes. And so I was looking up how much Harley horsepowers uh, that were claiming on the, you know, to the Department of Transportation. And uh, it's funny because the Harley, like the 1200s and the 17, what is the damn, the 107s are like 1790 or something like that. Those things mm-hmm. are putting out as much horsepower as the BMW F700 and F800 GS. But you got to figure the torque is like much great. Like the, you know, they have way more torque and that's like the big difference is like, you know, you can't, you can't always go by horsepowers. You got to sometimes go by the torques, but yeah, dude, those, uh, I knew you, I knew you would pick Ducati for some reason. I didn't really pick it because it was Ducati. I picked it because it was V4. Yeah. I mean, I I had, and because I totally forgot about the 213. Yeah. I had a feeling that, like even after IMS, like that Ducati was like kind of calling to you. That and that. <laughs> what time is this? At? You're gonna forget and leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> what if I do? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pick an extant bike, a real race bike, not a bike that I'm just gonna pull out of the air. It's the Tyco BMW S1000RR. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, the reason being. There's a girl down in uh, a woman down in San Diego right now. Didn't um, Guy ride for them for a while? Guy did, and I think he was when he rode for Tyco. I think he was. I forget if he was on a Honda or Suzuki when they were what they were riding those years. I think it was Honda. I think they were Hondas. But um, a couple years ago, they picked up the BMW. Ian Hutchinson. posted the one of the fastest laps at the tt and so i know that this bike over a 37 and a half mile course with uh all sorts of terrain and all sorts of from those little hairpins to those big wide sweepers like i know this thing legitimately set the fastest lap time and then michael dunlop was also on a bmw s1000rr right behind him or or actually Hutchinson set the fastest pole crashed out and Dunlop won the race on it or mm. however it, however it ended up they both set like official laps on it and this woman down in San Diego who I just saw on Digs and Ghosts feed on Instagram she is getting her S1000RR prepped for uh a land speed record going mm-hmm. going to break again she already broke one and she's going to break another one um and Partially because when the S1000RR came online, I think it was 2015, they were one of the first bikes. BMW had already been like fooling around with the IMUs. And like that year, or no, 2016 was the year that the IMU, bro, everybody was yeah. throwing around IMU. But BMW had already had this, uh, like re- they called it wheelie and slide control. They weren't calling it an IMU at, at this point. And they had already introduced it on the S1000RR. And the fact that, BMW always has to have like one, like asymmetric lights. Like they don't have two rounds or two slits. They have one that's yeah. crazy big and then one that's just a circle. They do like a projector and a flood. Like it's so yeah. And even the vents on the side were asymmetric. Yeah, one was huge, open on one side, and one looked like shark gills on the other side. And uh, that bike was one of the first 
game changers that started winning. Uh, I think it started winning super stock and world Superbike races. Uh, obviously the Isle of man. Now it's been blowing the doors off the previous lap times that were set by crazy people like mm-hmm. John McGinnis on Honda and, uh, all the other guys that rode for Honda, um, and Suzuki on the Jixers and stuff. Those guys were like for the longest time until the BMW came along. They, they, uh, you know, it's just been such a game changer in the sport bike world. Yeah. And it's one of the, one of the bikes with Bosch, obviously, and BMW being like this, it really put the whole thing in motion now where we're having IMUs and we're having all the mm-hmm. like, God dang eight and nine axis yaw controls. And like you, you turn these knobs and all of a sudden you're freaking, you know, uh, who's a really good rider right now? Who's a legendary rider right now? I want to oh, say Marquez, man. but you know, like I feel like he's a little sketchy sometimes, but you know, he's you, been on his Honda the whole time too. Yeah. You turn the knobs and you turn into, you know, you go from junkie turdman falling down <laughs> on every damn corner to yeah. let's just say like Loris Boz or somebody, you know, like you, you, you become, you could become a, a lesser pro, but you're when still it was, a pro. It was one of the first bikes to come with a slipper clutch. Mm-hmm. What year did the S1000 come out? I want to say 2015. It originally came out before that, didn't it? I thought so, but I looked at my records and I think 2015 was the first time I saw it pop on the scene. Huh. So, <laughs> some reason I thought it was older than that. Um, yeah, I thought it was like 2012 I know the, or the, Yeah, I thought it was even sooner than that because I know the 08 CBR1000 came with a slipper clutch. But yeah, just the the amount of electronics that that bike came with, I know when it came out especially, it was just surpassed about everyone. Yeah, it like it like totally started immediately out of the out of the gate started blowing people away and so then everybody else like uh initially Yamaha was the next uh company to use IMU and then you know now shit KTM's using them on their dirt bikes and shit, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's pretty it's pretty insane. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's really upped the game for the future of motorcycling and basically everything's going to have an IMU on it now. So, I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. I'm going to pause this real quick while we, all right. And we've conferred with the record books. Yeah. It was around way, way longer yeah. than that. I thought it this had, is 2009. Yeah. I, I even say in 2015 felt wrong about that. Yeah. Cause my buddy had one in 2015 and I knew it yeah. wasn't a new one when yeah, he yeah. got it. And I, I think that they redid it in 20, 20- 15. But they didn't redo much. Like the bodywork all stayed the same. Yeah, if you look at them next to each other, you could see differences. It's but going on a ten-year bike. I yeah. knew it'd been around a long yeah. ass time. You know what else? Um, now that I won this motor challenge, I'm super <laughs> excited. <laughs> I also noticed that Beamer this year has coming out with this phenomenal new bike here, the uh, K1600B, and they have a Grand America package. And you this- know why that's stupid? Because it's a Goldwing, what? Because it's not a boxer. Uh, oh, well, I knew you'd be upset with this, but <laughs> it is. And it's not a Goldwing. Uh, it's a six-cylinder, man. It's a Beamer six-cylinder. I know. They've had that one back for a while, haven't they? Well, they no, no. The bagger's brand new. They had the K1600 GTL, which if you're going to say, well, what's the difference between the bagger and the GTL, then well, I really honestly couldn't tell you. I bet but, it's the third bag. <laughs> yeah. That but, everyone bought and it detached anyway. Yeah. But they've had the um, the K1600 GTL and it just wasn't like fighting with Harley hard enough. And then 
It needs a fight with Goldwing if it's going to fight with anything. That's the thing. Like we talked a couple of episodes ago, you got to do you because if you try to go yeah. against, a, you know. and No so, one's going to beat Harley at their own game. No. And so, uh, Go, you know, blah, 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 who makes Goldwing? Honda came out with that FS6B, remember, that looked like a street glide. But it was it cool no, because it was still a Goldwing. Yeah. That's what, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not spending my money on one. And if I get one, well, the new one was we looked at, the bag's detachable, but... If I was going for a new Goldwing, it would be a real Goldwing. But the F6B, I really liked that they still did them. Yeah. I thought that it looked tough. I like it looked it as tough as a Harley, but it was and it a Goldwing. Smoke was, a fucking Harley. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it was still a Goldwing, but it was still sporty, but it was like they took what they did, they took what they knew, and they made that version of it. Yeah. But they did not, to me, they didn't go after Harley with it. Yeah. And I don't want to be a dickhead, but it would smoke a Harley all the way up through the uh, packages that you could get on it. Because it even had a fucking airbag. Except for I don't know 20. if the S6B did. Yeah. Except for 2017. Because with the recalls. Takata, yeah. They've yeah. sorted that out because this year they have them back. back. But, uh, but the, so basically a couple years ago, BMW decided, well, Yamaha or the Honda F6B looks so tough and cool, like it might actually take on Harley. We need to get with Roland Sands, and they came up with the concept yeah. 101 that had like wood paneling and shit, it looked like a fucking yeah. 1980s living room. But thank God they didn't go with that. But they made I their own know, F6B. Yeah, I want to know where the future is going to hold for them and all those designs because that guy that spearheaded those. Like all are working with Roland, the guy oh. that spearheaded all that is no longer with BMW. Right. You, you told us that he basically went over to Indian. Yeah, I don't know the whole story, but he's an Indian. Well, and you can can you see a victory vision in this sort? You know what I mean? Like you can see like yeah, this turning I mean, into an Indian. Yeah, I think. Well, what I think is good about Indian right now, I'm kind of bummed they closed Victory. I, I think they could do it. I know, me too. But with Indian, they're going like the super retro looks. Because a lot of people that buy Indians think that they never went out of business or something. <laughs> so they want it to look like a 1950s bike because that's what they remember, even though they weren't born then. Yeah. But that's a whole other pet peeve story. This thing even looks a little bit more like that flying, ugly flying fortress, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where the K1600 GTLs look a little bit more like the R1200 what did the GTL look like? I thought it had a big fairing like that. Uh, well, the, the GT, it's funny. The GTL basically kind of looks like this, except for that they have more. Like they look like a BMW R1200 RT with the bigger, oh, okay. bigger fairing. So the, the new one is basically a little stripped down. And then you can still get a third bag on it, though. Yeah, because okay. they decided that, you know, people... So, yeah, it's a little bit sportier. That's cool. I mean, that's to me, that's Beamer. They should be a little bit sportier. Yeah. Here's my baby, the F800 GT. I would, I would totally get one of these. I would think it was cool if it was a boxer. Yeah. You know what's funny, too? Speaking of... Um, we were talking about old technologies and stuff, minigo and, and heads and stuff. I went back through some of the... <laughs> BMW air-cooled pushrod days, and I was just thinking about how cool. Aren't that the boxers shit is. still pushrods? No, like the R90. No, no, they're they're dual. They're like the uh, they got cam chains that go way out there. They're dual oh, wow. cam, cool. man. They've been that way for a little bit now. Okay, since like the 1100s and stuff. Shows how much I know. I really know about. Yeah, the no, the the old ones though were totally pushrod, and I was just thinking how cool it is. We're I I want to do an episode on. Um, some of the older air-cooled pushrod stuff because 
Beamers and Harleys weren't that different, except for that they were boxers. And I, I think, you know, when you're talking about those, you have to throw in guzzies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of that, I'm supposed to answer a question this week. <laughs> shit. Let's get to it, man. Uh, I have email We could here. finish our one, our, our, <laughs> our rant or whatever that we were going on. No. We, to, we're, we don't we're, have to skip right to it. It just reminded me of we're it. We're doing real good. We're doing real good. Uh <laughs> let's move on i don't have any listener emails i did get some email from paul i just saying, have one that was another thing that i hit on last week that got deleted was email me some stuff yeah i've got somebody gotten, did this is my second email i made fun of it last week but let's really take it serious this week it comes to us i couldn't remember if his name was chris or vance but it turns <laughs> out to be chase yeah so it comes from chase and he said uh what brand machines do i use for machining and what kind of parts do i make um, he also said he looks forward to our show every week. Right. I'm like, man, if he knew what kind of idiots we were. <laughs> I was just going to say, this guy sounds like a dummy. <laughs> I don't know if he does. I think we do. Um, he also rides a 2016 Moto Guzzi V7. V7 doesn't tell me much because I'm not that much in the Guzzies. I just have a soft spot. I do. I do really have a soft spot. You're like a giant. Not enough to know a lot about them. You're like a giant baby with the soft spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes, I know you didn't ask, but I figured it was relevant. Of course it's relevant. <laughs> it is absolutely relevant because this is a motorcycle podcast and we like all motorcycles. I wonder what V70 has because there's like more than one. I also hate all motorcycles. Yeah, me too. But I love all motorcycles. Oh, God. He said if we need listener interviews, he's down. So Every listener says that. I know. Well, the problem is if we started doing that, we'd be out of listener interviews in like a month. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would be on the show and we'd yeah. be like, we have no more listeners. We just have guests. <laughs> so here's the V7 Stone, which i uh, that's what I'm guessing that he has. They're pretty tight. They're like a Bonneville, but uh, much it is cool. sexier. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the motor. And I like that Guzzy does Guzzy. They do that damn sideways V-twin and it fucking works and it's Guzzy. For no reason, but it works. And it, I mean, honestly, it's, if you think about it, it's probably better than a Beamer. Like Beamer, you have troubles hitting the heads in the ground and stuff. If you're, and they, I mean, they both handle well. So you're going to be dragging heads. Like, dude, I bet a, I don't know what kind of CCs we get on Guzzies. Do they have 1200s? I bet that would rip it as a flat tracker. Yeah, I think the V7 stands for uh, 700 cc. It might. So let's Either see. Either that or it's a V7. There's seven cylinders in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Your second one sounds accurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the question is, what kind of machines do I run and what kind of parts do I make? So I run, at my current job, I run Mazax um, for CNC. I also program an Amata laser. Um, I have done a lot of work with hosses in the past and a little bit with Fidals. I actually taught for about four years. We mostly had hosses and one Fidal. It sounds like you're just making stuff up at this point. It does. That's because you have no idea. <laughs> And then um, I I work at a motorcycle company and make dies and make some other prototype parts, but mostly dies for our heat shields. Um, I work at the largest manufacturer for aftermarket Harley exhaust in the world. I don't know if that's saying a lot or it is saying a lot. I guess there's quite a few Harley uh, exhaust manufacturers. So yeah, 
And the fact that you work at one of the biggest ones and one of the ones that's most involved with racing. Uh, yeah. That's really, you. that has a soft spot. That unfortunately for own. me is a separate shop though. Right. Separate location and everything. But, um, so that's what I make. That's what I do. I, at work. And then Turdman was right. I make knives. I do a little bit of that at break. And then, <laughs> um, I do a lot of that at home. I got some grinders at home now. Yeah, I need a bandsaw at home. If anyone knows anyone of the bandsaw, I need some better sanders. Oh man, I found a good sander this week in Fullerton. I forgot to go pick it up for a hundred bucks. Oh, a two by forty-two. I could use one of those. A oh, two wow. by forty-two sounds like a piece of wood to me. It's uh, close. It's the length of the belt, width and length of the belt. Oh, so but um, I wonder what I would be if I used the belt off of me for a sander <laughs> belt. <laughs> 39 by 42 so yeah the v7 is a 744 cc and i'm guessing the v9 is going to be a 950 or something like that could be and then uh i'm not going to take any more guesses about that stuff because i don't that's cool i, I mean dude they're shaft drive um they look cool i mean if you're gonna go get a retro triumph or an r9t um or a Ducati Scrambler, and you're not going to ride the piss out of it. Go get a Gucci. Consider instead. a Gucci for yeah. sure. I mean, for sure. Look at this price: nine ninety for a uh, no, V7 seven. for the racer. Yeah, I mean, it's a single disc. Um, I did. I looked at them when they were at IMS, dude. I was a little disappointed with some of the quality, but when they're ten grand, I, I mean, shit. Dude, this one's got a brown seat. This one's hipster ready. <laughs> and a chrome tank, chrome dude. Tank. That one is hipster-tastic. Woo. No, for real. Like, And the thing is, like, they're fucking cool. And everyone, maybe not some Harley people, but that's because some Harley people are stupid. Um, everyone thinks they're cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, they're like, if someone rolls up on a Honda or someone rolls up on a Harley or a Ducati or a Beamer, they're going to be like, damn, that's a cool bike. Like yeah. that's a nice guzzy. And it's funny because it could be a not nice guzzy, but just because it's a guzzy, everyone's going to say it's a nice guzzy. Yeah. And you know what? When the, when you have to pronounce a new name like Honda, you know, everybody knows how to say yeah. that. When you have to pronounce, is that gutsy or goodsy or what is Everyone that? says it's like pizza, but I'm like, well, it's not gizza. <laughs> the Z's are the... <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I don't even know, know if I say it right with that. I just say guzzy. You know what but, would even be radder? Like if I had a Moto, a moto Guzzy... I would uh, stick a Harley header on that so the pipe just stuck out like <laughs> forward, <laughs> five feet out the side. Oh, like I said, I think they're fucking cool, dude. Yeah, I think well, they're they cooler look, than the trumpet bobbers. They look bitching, and the story behind how they started and got their name is actually pretty cool too. Yeah. If you uh, if you refer back to episode two hundred and thirteen of the Motorcycles and Misfits uh, podcast, did they say it on there too? Uh, they I don't know what episode number. I totally okay. made that up, but uh, they did it. Emma's history hole. Oh, okay. Because I did a, uh, I did one a few, too a few months ago about uh, the what your emblem means and the Moto Guzzi. Oh, cool. One of it. Yeah, it's a flying turkey or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's a flying turkey, but they were all in the Air Force together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one dude died, and they kind of like. That's where the name and, came from. Yeah. Was him, right? Yeah, his name was V Seven Stone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Emma's got a history hole on it, and I, I haven't heard Turdman's, but. If I had to put Turdman and Emma, no one wants in to a, hear the turd in a hole. Knowledge fight. <laughs> that, that's why mine haven't sold well because they're called the turd hole. <laughs> Who wants to go down the turd hole? <laughs> Who would like? And I, I say it in a way. And weird... you can't say darling. <laughs> yeah. 
Would you like to go down the Ted Ho, darling? I just sound like... Uh, oh, yeah, that sounds creepy. What's his face from Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, well... That's, you know what I like about this segment of the show? No. That if our fans are still listening, they're true fans. Yeah, that's true. If you can listen to two buffoons just laughing. Talk about a turd hole <laughs> and think that it relates to motorcycles in any way. You know what? Somehow Cleveland Moto does it. <laughs> that is true. They do. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I think that's the end. Going to be the end of the show. Yeah, because we had an interview. Yeah, this show is going to be seven hours long, and my my software won't take it anymore. It's like, I was, dude, I was bummed. I was going to ask her what her name was. Yeah, <laughs> ask her what like, her name what? is. What's your name again? <laughs> I know we should call her again next week. Um, next week, I think we're going to have another interview. Oh damn! So I'll tell you about it later. I'm. Uh, I'll tell you about it after I take tell you to take this home and record an hour, and then I go do. Some I do. I need to. I got two interviews I want to do, and maybe a third one. I think I wrote down, but I have two I definitely want to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah. hey, so listen to this, everybody. Want to do those sometime eventually? We're gonna do some interviews eventually. That's how the show works, yep. and we're gonna do a solstice slam eventually. And by eventually. I mean by April 1st. So get your submissions in to me by May 30th uh, so we can edit it together on the 31st and put it out Friday, April 1st. I think it was Friday, April 1st. No, June 1st. June 1st, got April 1st. It was like, is April 1st today? I think April 1st is Sunday. Okay. Whew. So April 1st is going to be Sunday. So yes. In two days. June 1st. Yeah. So (laughs) don't, Social Slam isn't in two days. We should remind all the listeners to send me a birthday present. Yeah. Hey, send Chris a birthday present. Yeah. His birthday is April Fool's. His mom, his dad thought his mom was kidding when she's like, he's coming out. He's like, you're right, babe. Come on. Ah. Um, So yeah, June 1st is going to be Social Slam. April Fool's Day, of course, is Chris's uh, birthday. Close, pretty much. And then, when is it? I'm just saying. I, do, I want to stick with the first now. Yeah. They don't really need to know. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I know. For some reason, I'm Facebook, old, though. Facebook told everybody that my birthday was January 1st, and I got all these happy birthdays. It's like, what is this for? It said January 1st, 00, and everyone was like, 2000? <laughs> You're way older than that. He was I, like, oh, 18. I know. I, I think it said 1970, and I was like, oh my God, it's given me 100 years. Woo! <laughs> so, all right, everybody, we'll, we'll get to some current events in a second here, and uh, I hope you've had a good show. And uh, take it easy. Is that your sign off? That's all right, everybody. That is our show this week. Uh, here's something to check out. I got some stuff for you coming up this week, and uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be going off of my calendar and off of some of the uh, uh, other calendars from the web. So please, uh, I'm gonna flip flop back and forth and be patient with me uh, tonight, man. March. 30th going down at Bartels Harley Davidson is Runway Beer and Bikes. Bartels Harley Davidson rolls into Playa Vista Night Market with bikes, food, uh, vendors, beer, music, all that great stuff from 6 to 10. Uh, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. The OG Moto Show, the Outliers Guild, will be happening the 31st. So tomorrow, get your booty down to the Custom Motorcycle Show in downtown Los Angeles. Um, that's going to be, it's kind of like the answer to, like I said, the One Moto Show or the Handbill, whatever you have in your part of the country, this is LA's answer. We finally get our own Moto Show. Uh, also happening roughly around the same time, if you're not into checking out the hipster bikes making the tour, uh, you can go to from 12, a, uh, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., I think it is, 
um, or 6 p.m. The Born Free uh, party is going to be happening at Mount Baldy at the Mount Baldy Lodge. So check that out. You'll you'll see all the chopular folks. Uh, April 1st is Easter Sunday. Why does this have that on there? I didn't put that on there. The calendar put that on there. Uh, Saturday, April 7th. Am I getting ahead of myself? Let me make sure I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. Nope. April 7th is going to be the Nowhere Moto Show. That's going to be, if you go to NowhereMotoShow.com, you can check out the details. That's going to be out in Joshua Tree, which is out uh, where Babe's Ride Out happens and where Coachella basically happens. I mean, it's like out there, the new oasis, man, in the desert. Uh, you might see Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros uh, out there. Uh, shooting a new music video or recording some music um, but yeah so the Nowhere Moto Show check that out uh, on the 7th the 8th is Motos and Soccer it's a LA Moto sponsored ride to watch the LA Galaxy versus uh, Kansas City and that's down in Carson at the StubHub Center that's the LA Galaxy uh, home basically um, on the 8th, 10 a.m., the Bear Necessities Run. This is happening out at Foreign Legion Post, or American Legion Post, I'm sorry, number 79 in Riverside. I heard Girl on a Moto shout these guys out on their last show. Um, that is bringing an unused pair, a brand new packaged pair of undergarments, be it socks, chonies, bras, whatever, for women and kids who uh, need that stuff and who are uh, less privileged than you, don't have it. Uh, also on the 8th, uh, Motorsport Exotica Animal Society Fundraiser at Newcomb's Ranch from 7 to 4, uh, I'm guessing p.m., no, it's probably, I'm sorry, uh, 7 to 4 a.m. It wouldn't be 7 p.m. to 4 a.m. the next morning. 7 to 4. Um, and you, if you know where Newcomb's Ranch is, uh, that, you know. No, 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 no. Also on the 8th, the Vintage Bike uh, OC Meetup happening. It's their monthly meetup at Castaneda's down in Huntington Beach. That goes from 2 to 4 p.m. So check that out. And th- I'm kind of stoked because it's a vintage bike meet every month so i'm gonna check that out one of these months when i get a chance um whoops i jumped ahead 19 months let me see going back to april uh, 14th is going to be the hippie killer hoedown that is going to be out at the uh paris lake paris fairgrounds um i see that southern california motorcycles spring open house is going to be happening at Southern California Motorcycles on Brea Avenue. Uh, that's also going to be on the 14th. Uh, also on the 14th, the Let's Ride. Sunday, Let's Ride. The LA Urban Ramble with Triple Nickel 555 meetup at the Trails Cafe 2333 Ferndale Drive. I don't know where that is, but that sounds like a lot of fun. Let me see what this is all about. I, this is my first time actually... Uh, hearing about this it says april 14th but the flyer says april 15th let me get the straight and narrow for you it's an herbal urban ramble around los angeles along with triple nickel 555 it's a 1 p.m meetup 2 p.m kickstands up the trails cafe 2333 fern del drive i don't know where that is but they're gonna do a, a it says 3 p.m land double rl and co on Melrose Avenue. So Ferndale, I'm guessing, has got to be uh, up in the hill, maybe. Live music by the by the Bent Duo. Barbecue by Maple Block Meat. And this says April 15th. So 
don't trust this April 14th stuff that I see on the calendar here. Uh, also happening April 15th, classic track day out at Willow Springs Raceway, put on by our buddies at Ramming Speed Racing. If you want to get your classic or small bike out uh, on the track, that's your day to do it. The 17th, look out, it's tax day. <laughs> so, uh, nobody wants to forget tax day. Also on the 15th, the Vintagents uh, is pre presenting some bike exif uh, bikes at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Uh, April 22nd is the last Sunday of the month, so that's going to be the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet. Uh, April 28th, the Rock Moto Art Show is going to be happening at uh, Garage Company. If you're not familiar with Garage Company, it's a really cool uh, motorcycle store in LA, and that's going on from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I, I kind of think Garage Company is a big reason for the uh, Corsa Moto Classica, actually. And um, lo and behold, April 27th through the 9th, the Corsa Moto Classica, it's part of a three-round uh, vintage road race. It's historic cup road racing series out at Willow Springs. Got a bunch of friends that race uh, vintage bikes, and so they are out there always doing that stuff every year. It's a super fun event. And all these classic uh, bike days, uh, classic track days put on by Ramming Speed kind of leads up to this. So awesome. Uh, also the 27th through the 29th of April, Babes in the Dirt 4. It's a ladies-only off-road campout at the Hungry Valley SVRA. Um, on the 28th of April, Helsinore is going down. Band Stravaganza and Bike Show at the Rec in Elsinore, California. It says there's going to be four bands. It's going on from 4 p.m. to midnight. So check that out if you like bikes and if you like the ye old uh, bands. Do you like bands? I like bands. Um, here it is again, the, the Rock Moto. I already mentioned this. It's a vintage-themed Rock Moto art ex exhibition at Garage Company in Inglewood. Also on the 28th and the 29th, this one is new to me. If you go to Facebook and check out Two Stroke Extravaganza to the number, um, on April 28th and 29th, they're having a ride on Saturday and a show on Sunday. The ride is going to be Angeles Crest to Newcomb's Ranch. So, of course, you know, our favorite ride around here. And on Sunday, show your bike at the Wolf Creek Brewery. So that looks awesome. Right on the front, there's an old Mako. Um, they got some, oh, there's an old Husky. They got some pretty rad stuff. Looks like maybe a Bull Taco. I can't tell by the pictures. Um, I'm sure those are Kajivas there. Yeah, they got a lot of rad bikes on here, actually. A lot of old, just bitchin' vintage two-strokes. And it says it's the 21st annual two-stroke extravaganza. 1998 to 2018. I think that would be the 20th. Actually, you know, it wouldn't. That's 21st is right. But um, but yeah, I've never heard of this before, and it's the 21st annual one. That is quite awesome, my friend. Uh, moving on into May. Uh, at the Quail, they're going to have the fourth invitational Why We Ride to the Quail, and it benefits the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. They were a longtime sponsor of ye old... Um, What's it called? Uh, God, the bike build-off that they used to do at the um, IMS shows. I can't think of what it was called, but it was basically like the, the featured bike builder there. Uh, so that's pretty cool, why we ride to the Quail. Uh, also, May 5th down here, if you can't go up the coast to the Quail, uh, the Californians happening at Santa Anita. Um, that's going to be a taste of speed on Kentucky Derby Day at Santa Anita Park. I'll probably be there going to that. 
May 19th, Fast Ride. It's a motorcycle ride and charity event, riding from LA and San Diego and Temecula to Dafo Winery. So check that out. It's a ride against sex trafficking. So if you're all for sex tra- trafficking, you sick individual, you might not want to go to this. Um, you get your ass handed to you. Um, the 27th of May, the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet being the last uh, Sunday of the month. Uh, the 23rd and 24th of June, this is going to be Born Free 10. Our buddy Scott Jones, we interviewed him quite a while ago now, but uh, he's going to be there. There's going to be so much cool stuff this year at Born Free, I can tell, and all these Born Free pre-parties going on just to prove that. And with that, we're going to get out of here. Don't forget that we're going to have June 1st is going to be the Solstice Slam. So get your stuff turned in by, let me see, June 1st is a Friday? I said turn your stuff in by May 30th. Uh, and so we will get it uh, edited together on the 31st and out for you on the 1st. Social Slam this year is going to be one hot little number. And if you have any questions, email the show, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for wigs, like our good buddy Chase or Chance or Travis or whatever I said his name was earlier, uh, feel free. Go ahead and ask wigs. It's A-S-K-W-I-G-G-Z at gmail.com. And uh, Chris, that's his direct line, man. He'll get right back to you on the next show. Can't wait for next week. We're going to hear back a little bit from Narissa from the Milwaukee Rivets. But we're going to hear about some other stuff that she does. And uh, we may have a couple special cuckoos in the studio. And we may not even be in the studio next week. So you're just going to have to stick around and pay attention. And until then, keep your grease in your pits and your... I don't have my stupid stuff out here, so we'll just pretend. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh yeah, that butt is like a fucking muffin just waiting to be eaten. (laughs) 